Welcome to the Switch Mania Playcast. Uh, I'm here, Jeffrey Wittenhagen, and I'm joined by... Jonathan Poland from JP Switch Mania. And we're going to be chatting all about the Switch. Uh, the idea is to have a pretty cool spot where ourselves, as well as the community, can get together, focus on some of these games, and actually play them. That's the idea of the <laughs> Playcast. <laughs> um, so JP and I, um, and I'm going to call Jonathan JP throughout this entire podcast, because he's JP Switch Mania. Um, we're going to basically go over things the way that we go over them. Um, knowing JP as long as I have, I know he doesn't open all his games all the time. So It's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what we're going to do now is a, um, a quick little intro about us, so that way you know our background, what we like to do, what we enjoy, and all of that, and why when I mention JP not opening his games, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so for me... I'm Jeffrey Wittenhagen, as I mentioned, and I am a multi-time published author. I run a publishing company, Hagen's Alley Books. Um, I've released the complete NES, the complete SNES. Um, I've released compendiums on the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo. I've done video game culture chronicles, chronology. I can't even say that word right. Um, talking <laughs> about all the games from certain years. I started with 1991. I've done NES oddities and homebrew books, hidden gaming gems books. And one of the reasons why we're doing this playcast as well is that we're working on a book series called The Switch Collector. Woo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's going to be like essentially an encyclopedia of the switch that's that's our goal <laughs> we're going to cover each volume is going to be a palatable gigantic book size but it's going to like the first volume that we're working on is going to cover the first year of the switch so yeah, I, I can't wait for that <laughs> i'm ready for it <laughs> and we're going to go a little bit in depth during this episode on the idea behind the switch book and everything uh, that's going to accompany it because whenever I do crowdfunding and I raise funds for all my books on crowdfunding, whenever I do crowdfunding, I have a lot of crazy tiers and there are some cool tiers that we've we've created and come up with. Um, so that's a little bit about me and what I do. Um, I'm a huge retro gamer and to me, the Switch has such a variety of indie games that have that Nintendo feel. I don't know if it's simply just because it's a Nintendo system, but it just feels so much better to play some of these retro games like on the Switch and get them on a little mini cartridge and have like the manuals with some of the games that come out. And it's mm -hmm. just like the whole package, the whole nostalgia to me is what um, completely keeps me coming back to just essentially just playing the Switch nowadays. Um, which is crazy because I have Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, Turbo, every system. And I've been just really playing my Switch. Um, it's crazy. And the more I'm digging into the book, the more I'm realizing that I need to play even more. Which, mm -hmm. again, the idea behind the Switch Mania playcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a avid, um, avid retro gamer, but as this episode is titled, we're going to talk about our most played Switch games, too. So, uh, go ahead, JP, and uh, tell everybody a little bit about you. 
Sure. So I'm JP from JP Switch Mania. It's a website, social media, branding channel that I started, oh, probably about six months ago. Um, I just got enamored with the Nintendo Switch and its whole community. And after conducting interviews for different websites, I figured it was time to branch out on my own. So this is August 2018. I decided to finally create my own site, start putting the interviews on there. And then slowly, I just kind of built up this JP Switch mania. And really what it is, is it's just me talking about Nintendo Switch 24-7, initially on Twitter. And this is previews, reviews of games, uh, upcoming releases, pre-orders, deals, pretty much anything that has to do with physical for the Nintendo Switch, I talk about. And during this time on Twitter, I just started joining this great Nintendo Switch community. And it's been a blast. So really, if you visit my website, and we'll give you all the information, it has reviews of upcoming games. It has interviews with people in the industry. It has unboxing videos that I do because I know a lot of times people don't want to open up these nice collector editions. But, you know, I've taken the bullet and I'm going to do it for you. So I'm slowly opening up. And my goal is to do every single collector limited edition that's going to be coming out for the switch i want to open up at some point so it's it's going to be this gradual process but hopefully over the lifespan of the switch we'll get to see every single awesome release that comes out and in good detail Uh, on top of that i also conduct interviews for the only dedicated nintendo switch magazine which is switch player magazine so it's uk yeah i love it it's uk based it ships globally and i initially was just uh, a subscriber to it you know i found it and i got to talk with the editor-in-chief and from there we kind of just built this friendship relationship and he asked me to come on and do interviews for the magazine so that's where a good majority of my interviews nowadays go and it's been amazing we have a lot of good interviews with developers publishers just people in the community the industry um and it's just been a lot of fun so i feel very fortunate that you know, the Nintendo Switch came along, and that's kind of where I got to really join the video game community. Because, like you, you know, I'm I was a very big retro collector before the Switch, and then once March 2017 came, that kind of went to a halt, and I became dedicated to the Switch. So my goal is a complete English-supported language collection. So that's all of U.S. Pretty much all of the EU region, and a lot of Asian, Japan imports that support English. I go for reprints, misprints, second printings. I do collector editions. So, you know, I have a, I like to say I have a very vast physical collection at this point, which is amazing to think about that we're only entering. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're only in the beginning of the third year of the Switch, and I have over 550 physical games. Now, some of them may... blowing (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And and some of them may be duplicates, right? Because you have a regular edition, you have a, a second printing, maybe you have a collector's edition from another region. But if you ignore that, there are probably over 400 titles, individual unique titles that support English already across all the regions. Yeah. So, you know, I have all those. And then on top of that, you have all these like other versions of the game. But I mean, I've never had a collection like this. I've never gone and work towards a collection like this but like you said there's just something about the switch that i'll just use the word magical and it just really captivated me and it's it's the cases it's the community it's the cartridges it's all the c's so yeah that's an interesting way to put it magical it is i mean yeah i you know 
it's funny, the, the whole community seems so positive. And I'm not saying that, you know, the Sony community, the Microsoft community isn't. I've just never been a part of it. But with the Switch, I don't know, it just brought back like this youth of everybody. And a lot of the people that I talk to are my age, right? We're in the 30s, the 40s, late 20s. So we grew up with the NES, the Super Nintendo, and now we're coming back to cartridge-based and with the Switch and being handheld, now you get to play all these games that you could only play at home at one point on the go. And I don't know, it's just it's just been an amazing ride so far. And then the support that they give to the indie community, you just start seeing all these type of games coming out now, all the support, all the retro-inspired titles, and it's just it's just a fun system. So. Yeah, it's a very um, interesting aspect with the indie spot, and mm-hmm. I do want to mention that I am definitely nowhere near as completionist collecting as <laughs> as JP is. Um, I have definitely over a hundred games, um, probably closing in closer to two hundred. But I only collect games that I know for a fact I'm going to play or want to master and beat. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been collecting that way for every system since I've been a kid. I've always collected what I want to play. And so, like, if I'm not going to be getting the pony and horse riding <laughs> games and <laughs> let's sing and let's dance and all the, all the crazy different at games. You're just missing out. I am missing out on that <laughs> shelf space. <laughs> that being said, though, um, this idea of the Switch Mania Playcast, though, is also to allow us to, you know, as we said, play the games, but if we know people in the community that have released the game or has had a part in the creation of the game... Uh, we'll get them involved as well. And so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get as many interviews as people want to. So as people hear this too, you know, if you feel like you are, if you're a part of it, if you feel like you got something to put in there, you can send us audio as well and we'll include you in an episode. So if you want to do an interview on our next game we're going to play, um, you can absolutely send us a little bit of an audio clip and we'll include it in the audio podcast portion. Um, awesome. And this will be available on jpswitchmania.com. It'll be available on hagensalley.com. Um, I'm going to be uploading these to YouTube. Uh, but the idea is for the podcast part. So it's going to be available on podcasts. Um, Apple and iTunes is, is crazy. So I'm going to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> I've had been podcasting for a long time. But they changed things. And I'm old and antiquated. So <laughs> <laughs> I like to be uh, stuck in my old ways. So, um, But podcasting is great. And that's why this is episode zero. Because um, this is literally our podcast introduction section. <laughs> it's always fun. Um, so the idea is, though, is that the format of every episode, we're going to go over like what we've been up to since the last recording. Um, we're gonna try to record, you know, as much as we can every week if possible. But we live lives, we have families, we work full time jobs. Mm-hmm. So if you know one week happens and we aren't unable to record, so be it. Like we're doing this for fun, and that just means the next episode there's gonna be a lot of releases and stuff. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> so that is a there's thing. no shortage of releases. No. And I mean, if you follow JP on um, on Twitter, there's multiple posts every day. It's oh yeah, it's crazy. I can't even keep up. Um, there was like I I think it was so. 
Here, let's jump into the what we've been up to, and I'll uh, go over a story from the past week. Um, it was, I think, Sunday, and I was looking, and I was like, holy crap, um, there's a new... Because I'm getting every single limited edition from East Asia Soft. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, crap, there's a new one, but I yep. can't display it in my collection because it's Panty Party. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? I have a freaking seven-year-old daughter. I'm not going to display that on in my... Because I got the... My wife has authorized me one shelf in the main room, and I can't have Panty Party showing. So... You, you think that's bad? I told my wife that this game is coming out. She's like, so this is where our money goes on this game. And I go, listen, I'm going for the collection. It's got to be in it. <laughs> and the thing is, though, is that I think that game is like a panty RPG. Or I, I don't even know. No, it's, 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 there's no hentai at all. It's literally just you, you people get turned panties. into panties and you fight and it's comical. But there's no like, I'd say like naughty. I mean, maybe it's like potty humor, but it's not like, like yeah. promiscuous or, or anything like that. And <laughs> but it, but it's just funny. You know, you, panties. Like, Jesus. <laughs> That's not so bad. I think the worst part is when I do the unboxing. That is the one who records like the video, oh. and and I had to do Dead or Alive Extreme Three Scarlet, the beach volleyball one, oh. and I had to show him the art book. So I opened it up, and it's just all like spreads of these girls just in different positions. The mouse pad was like two big boobs where you rest your hands on, and I'm just trying to keep the straight face going. Like, and here's a mouse pad, not safe for work. Moving on. And now I have to show East Asia Soft with actual panties that are going to be in the limited edition. Make sure on the video you sniff the panties. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like ridiculous. Like, How did I get a thousand new subscribers? Weird. Weird. It just automatically. <laughs> the thing was, though, is that when I did that, the rabbit hole opened. As mm-hmm. you know, once you peel back the onion, there are many layers. And I realized that I missed one East Asia Soft release. And Which then, one? Uh, what's the one in? Be- what's the one right before that? Was that the oh the Death Road to Canada? Yeah, I didn't I didn't buy Death Road to Canada, so I was like, oh crap, I got to get that. And then I went on um, Limited Run Games, and yep. I realized they had the strictly limited variant cover, special reserve. Yeah, special so they reserve. had the special, special reserve, reserve for minutes. That's right. And JP will be sure to correct when I mess <laughs> up all these millions of companies that exist out here. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they do a, a variant of Special Reserve. Well, I've been getting the Special Reserve on their website. So mm-hmm. then I went to their website, and I'm like, shit, there's one that I don't have. And then, <laughs> like, it's just been constant. It's a to, rabbit hole. It's like, so I ended up spending, like, and I'm not collecting everything. I spent $200. I was like, Jesus, no wonder why my wife's giving me crap. And, uh-huh. Yeah, she told me that every three games I buy, she gets to buy a pair of Teaks, which are... <laughs> expensive shoes like 150 dollars <laughs> shoes but she's like well you're buying these games <laughs> like oh I, I can't argue that logic <laughs> maybe i shouldn't have my wife listen to this she'll get ideas yeah she will have <laughs> ideas for sure and the thing is though is as they say happy wife happy life so that's true as long as they stay happy we're good that's true <laughs> so um so within the last week, so we're going to limit to within the last week right now. Otherwise, we would go back from infinity and then JP's going to talk about 500 games. Um, That's true. I so would. what we've gotten within the last week would be the yeah. interesting part to go. And I think I've gotten one game. <laughs> so Can I guess? Which one? Which one did I get? Was it Dragon's Dogma? 
Dragon's Dogma is what I got. Yep. Yeah, I, I thought so. Yeah, I got Dragon's Dogma. I pre-ordered it. Uh, it nice. came in. I thought I might have gotten a limited run games as well. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I I did get a um a limited run games. I got the Iconoclast. Yes. Did you get the limited edition one or the, the right- Nintendo box? Oh, so they it's... literally put it in the Super Nintendo box. And it... the last one that I got in the Super Nintendo box was Super Hydora, yes. which was mm-hmm. um not Switch, obviously, but it was a limited run games release. So. Like anytime they put stuff out in an NES box or Super Nintendo box, like that's the route I need to go. Um, yep. I missed out on the ukulele N64 box. Oh, um, mm-hmm. it was just show, sold out before I could get it. But yeah, did I, you get Bloodstained? Uh, yes, I absolutely got Bloodstained. I had to. It was, okay, I was um so Bloodstained. I was on vacation in Disney World, <laughs> in line for the Avatar virtual experience and i was able to get mm-hmm. a copy in line when it went live. nice like i somehow with no signal i was able to get a get us actual copy of <laughs> of that game so i was like that's dedication god. right there thank god because that was like there's certain ones that like i gotta get and that was 100 percent one of those that i had to yeah um, yeah and it's because otherwise man you're like I imagine, and this is where I want to hear your perspective is like mm-hmm. dedicating that much time to making sure that you get every copy. It, it, you literally just need a clock with reminders for every single company because they all go at different times, different dates, and you know some are open pre-orders which are nice, but for me, you know, I go for the limited editions, and so far none of those really, except for I would say special reserve, have been open pre-orders. So. You know, limited run games, they have a set quantity for the limited versions. The regular ones are open pre-orders, but since I don't go for that, I still have to be, you know, 10 a.m., first one on the website, signing in. Hopefully I get it. And, you know, to date, I've I've been fortunate enough to get all of them. The only one that was, I would actually say, was like my stressful point was New Year's Day with Celeste. Oh, I, yeah. I, you know what it was? I never had an issue before on my phone because I normally do this at work. You know, I sneak away for a few minutes around like 9.50, 9.55. I log into everything and I'm on my phone. So I did and I was at home on New Year's Day. So I figured, OK, my connection's fast. No problem. I logged in and it sold out while I was in the cart. And no joke, my whole mind between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. was like, if I don't get this, am I done collecting? Because I can't miss one. <laughs> I mean, like this was the. You know, January first, twenty nineteen. I'm like, my year is ruined already. Oh, and then, <laughs> and then, you know, my wife sees me pacing back and forth. She has no idea why I'm stressing out. And then six p.m. came, and I don't know if people were busy or I just got lucky enough. But they had enough that lasted, I would say, like two minutes, and I got one. And since then, I've been fortunate enough that I, I normally get it on on the first batch. But mm-hmm. you know, still, I mean, it's it's nerve wracking because as a collector, you know, I've I've told myself I'm going for it all, and because of that, I don't want to miss one. I don't want to end up having to pay, you know, triple the price on eBay or a third-party site um, or third-market site. So you have yeah. to be prepared, and you have to know what's coming out. And that's why I, you know, you've seen them. I do these weekly release posts, and I let everybody know what's coming out in retail, what's coming out online exclusives, when they're going to be live, how many quantities there's going to be, because you could easily miss one. And absolutely. So, and it's funny, you know, I'm in a Facebook group of 3,500 members who are all physical Switch collectors. And time and time again, I see 
the day after you know a pre-order closes and they had like a two-week window i see the post the next day how did i miss this i can't believe i missed this and i mean i i could completely understand because there are a lot of limited publishers there's a lot of special editions that can go fast and it's very easy to to know the big names and then miss out on some of the newer companies or the smaller ones and yeah it's it, i mean it's a job in itself just to keep up sometimes well and the thing is is like running my own campaigns i i would say every single time i get people that reach out to me like literally the day like minutes after it finishes the kickstarter mm-hmm. it's been going for a month and it finishes and he's like hey i missed out and it's like it's been going for a month yep <laughs> like, like and that just happens but um one thing you mentioned is the you know the facebook group so there is a physical switch collectors facebook group we're both a member of um mm-hmm. it, that is part of the awesome community because i wouldn't get discouraged if you can't get one of the items because mm-hmm. with that many members i have frequently seen members posting copies of games at almost retail yeah um, and to get them so like if if i needed something like say like i got for most of my limited run games now i don't get the collector's editions i just get the normal the mm-hmm. normal version and but if i for some reason like like if ukulele pops up for the 64 version like i might pick it up if it's reasonable just because mm-hmm. i want to get 64 box Um, but the thing is though, is that being part of the the communities out there, like there's ways to get the stuff. So you don't have to get discouraged and quit collecting. If you miss one, (laughs) JP, um, like all you gotta do is, you know, just get it later because the one thing that I tell all beginning collectors and whenever I do panels on all the different retro systems is, you know, collecting is a marathon, not a sprint. You don't have to do it all immediately. So like for me, um, most of the retail games I'm not buying at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to buy them later aftermarket. And I'm going to get mm-hmm. them cheaper at GameStop with trade-ins or um, whatever else. So, like, I, I still don't have Mario Tennis. I don't have a lot of the games that have come out. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll get it used. Somebody in the in the Facebook group might post a copy eventually. And I'll be like, all right, so it's a good price for it. And I'll pick it up. And then well, my daughter and I will end up playing it. Um, I haven't bought any of the Labo stuff yet. Um, I mm-hmm. do need to get the virtual reality goggles because that looks cool. Um, they just haven't locally had the big big group, the big box of it. They've only had the $40 one, not the $80. Yep. So my daughter wants to assemble all of them. So I was like, okay. Because basically we're going to do it as a you know daddy-daughter project. And That's awesome. Yeah. and I, I mean, I will say... I want to uh, get it just because of Zelda and Mario support. So it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, that going back to the Facebook group, I think what's awesome about that specific one, and I used to be an admin for it, and now I'm just an active member, but they started early on, like before they even had a 1,000 members. Their goal was to help collectors. So that's why a lot of times you will see people who post you know, high prices, but you see quickly the comments and people, I don't want to say shutting them down negatively, but going like, uh, that price is kind of out of whack. Here's links to where it's cheaper. And that's what I like about the community is they, they police themselves and they try and keep it fair because the goal is to help everyone. I mean, that's really why I love this community is because mm-hmm. the people that I surrounded myself with are all people who want to help each other. It's not someone that's like, oh, I'm going to buy five copies of this and sell it for five times the price. It's more like, oh, you're not going to be available this day. I'll buy you your copy. We'll help each other out because I'm sure there's going to be a time where I won't be available. And that's what I think is so great about it is that no one's trying to be better than anybody else it's, it's more just 
let's help each other out. And that's what I like about that Facebook group. Yeah, it's it's oddly positive. Like yeah. <laughs> that's the funny yep. thing. Like it really is, and it's it's really cool. Um, I would say that we're definitely going to be posting these episodes there because it's oh, yeah. there's a collector episode. Um, and on those posts, if you post your feedback for, we'll read them on the episodes, of course. Um, <laughs> there might be other places. I know there's a pretty big Reddit thread. I don't do much redditing myself. Um, but basically, like, we're gonna try to have one place that everybody can talk with us about the playcast, so that way mm-hmm. it's easier for us to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure where yet, but it's where everybody talks. So wherever any, all of you all comment is where we're going to go. We're yep. not gonna say, follow us here. We'll go right. where everybody is. It's easiest for everybody, honestly. Right. Be the, the that sounds good. So, um, so what have you gotten within the last, well, the last couple days since you're, you're a crazy collector? But. Mm-hmm. Well, this week, so this week's been light. I picked up Bomber Crew Complete Edition. Um, so the U.S. got a retail release of that. And what's interesting is in the U.K., uh, there's a company called Signature Edition Games. They yeah. normally partner with Merge Games to release collector editions for their titles. So it's exclusively on their site, SignatureEditionGames.com, and they put out one for Bomber Crew. So this is where I talk about I buy the regular U.S. edition and I buy the collector edition. So I have two copies of the same game coming in um, from different regions. So that's one game. Uh, The next one that I I picked up this week. um, Signature Edition, back in the day... I picked up um, one of their games only. <laughs> like I, I'm so picky. <laughs> like I picked up one, and it was one that I covered in Hidden Gaming Gems. Could you guess which one it is? Dead Cells, huh? Not was Dead it Dead Cells? Not Dead Candle, Cells. not Candle. Hmm. It's a uh, very metal game. Very metal game. You play as a with a giant broadsword. Oh. Slain? Slain. Yes. Yes. That game is nice. so cool. And yeah, the only thing that you got to be careful of with collectors, especially so, if you don't get the first batch of Signature Edition, you don't get the coin. They have a coin yeah. that comes with yep. their first edition. So by the time I got Slain, it was a later version. I didn't get the coin. So mm-hmm. like, be careful when you're collecting these. So like, if, for Bomber Crew, for example, like you're probably going to have the coin with it since you pre-ordered it. Right. Exactly. Yep. So it uh, sometimes, sometimes like I, I know they've included the coin in one of maybe their early releases, like with the packaging. But a lot of times now it's a pre-order bonus, so it's not even that you know. Oh, I'll get it in a month. It's more well, if I didn't pre-order it, there's no guarantee you're going to get that coin now. Exactly. And, uh, and they only yeah. mint, they only mint so many coins. So exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what's the so next? I picked that game? up. <laughs> probably, probably the game that everybody picked up this week: uh, Final Fantasy Twelve. Yeah. So we finally have it on the Switch, which is amazing. And for someone like me that had the PS2 GameStop exclusive Steelbook Edition, never played it. Never played Final Fantasy XII. Yeah. You know, for Final Fantasy, it was, for me, I got into it with Seven on PS1. That was really my first JRPG. I kind of skipped the whole Super Nintendo era even. Hmm. But I played Seven, I played Eight, some of Nine, very little of Ten. And then I just took a long break until 15 on PS4, and I played that completely, like 100%. So so we're not going to uh, research during this playcast. I'll just guesstimate. But didn't 12 come out around the end of 2008, I want to say? Yeah, that... uh... 
Because hmm. I want to say that 2007 been a little bit before, I think. Yeah. So like, but around that time is when I played it, and then I literally hadn't didn't play it for years, and I and it's one of those things where when you're playing an RPG and you get back to it, and you have no clue where to go, and it's almost like, yep, damn, I'm gonna have to restart this whole thing, and you've already put in like six hours, and I'm a I'm one of those when I play my Final Fantasy games, especially. Except for those like eight where it scales the difficulty of the enemies to you. I yep. like to mm-hmm. level up to the point where um, it's a little less tactical for me because I'm right. so overpowered. And so I enjoy doing that and actually earning my progression per se. So mm-hmm. like, so I've already done all that and I'm like, damn. So I wasn't about to restart it on the PS2. But the fact that it's out now for the Switch, like I'm going to have to get a copy of it. Um, yep. I don't know if it'll be a good candidate for the playcast. Maybe we can, uh, just to see how far we can get in a week. <laughs> like, it, won't, it won't be that far. Like, yeah. Try the tutorial. <laughs> get through the tutorial levels. Like, I just remember the game is, was super cool and fun to play. And um, I was like 10, I played a little bit, but I, it, I didn't, it didn't really mesh with me too well. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know that's out too, so uh, that's another thing, 10 and 10 too. So, like, it's going to be interesting with all the Final Fantasies that are coming out for the system. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, and I did look it up because I had to, because I thought I was working at GameStop at the time. So the game came out in 2006. Okay, nice. But but even still, I mean, this is what? This is seven, what are we, what are we 2019 now? So it's 13, 13 years later, right? Yep, 13 and years later. we're getting Final Fantasy XII and... There's a new surge, this new generation of people who are gamers who have never played this before or are revisiting it again, and now we get to play it on the go, and I think that's great. And um, with all these games, they're not necessarily remasters, but I do know that they're at least um, optimized to play on the systems. So that's like one of my favorite things with what the Switch has been doing, and a lot of the modern consoles, you know, like Mm -hmm. Xbox One and PS4 Mm -hmm. doing it too, but... um, optimizing classic games so that way they play on our modern systems and they look a little better. I, I really enjoy that. Um, and everything that's come out uh, later on past the old school 8 and 16 bit, there's not really much lag at all. Because like back mm-hmm. in the retro games, where it's all about like, oh, if there's lag or not. Well, with these games, there's none of that. So it's like, right. it's pretty flawless and it's it's one of those things where I've enjoyed all the re-releases of the all the different Switch games that have come out when they mm-hmm. put them out on the Switch. Because, I mean, you mentioned it multiple times, being able to play it on the go is something you can't even, like, put a dollar amount on. Because it's not yeah. even, like, being able to play it, like, while I'm at work or something, because I don't have time to do that. It's more that I have a family, and so if my wife wants to watch a movie, I could literally sit sit on the couch and play some Switch games. Right. That is awesome. Yeah, and I think what it is is, you know, there's been handhelds before, right? The Switch isn't the first handheld, but it's the fact that it was console-only at-home games that we now can play easily. And, you know, recently we were in Wisconsin for Midwest Gaming Classic, and I'm playing Tales of Vesperia right now. And that was a game on the 360 where I could only play that at home. And if it was for any other console, I'd only play it at home. And I took it with me. I played it on the plane. I got stranded in Wisconsin for two days. I played it in the hotel. <laughs> stranded handheld. in Wisconsin. Yeah, so <laughs> we got to go into that story. God. We will. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we went to Midwest Gaming Classic this year. We did the um, VGBS 
um, live where we talked about the Switch and Switch collecting, and leaving Milwaukee. <laughs> like, there ended up being a blizzard, and watching uh-huh. JP's anxiety go up with every waking minute was very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it was hilarious like it was just like he's just pacing he's like man maybe i should get to the airport i'm like don't worry about it you don't need to and how right was i that everything got canceled for multiple days you could have just enjoyed the convention like it's this. true um, it's true hilarious and then like so for me um i ended up leaving like we dropped jp off at milwaukee i ended up taking a flight out of chicago because it ended up being like a hundred dollars cheaper for me to get back to texas and out of Chicago, I was like, eh, we'll go eat. So we went out to this uh, um, Italian restaurant. Actually, we picked a random place on the map. Like, mm-hmm. we just picked a place. It was called, um, I can't remember the name of the place now, but it was like McAllister's. I think, mm-hmm. no, no, it wasn't McAllister's. No, it was something else, but it was like, it was like a place that's a chain down south in Florida, but it was definitely a bar. It was uh-huh. like Flanagan's. Flanagan's. There we go. It's called Flanagan's. <laughs> and Flanagan's is like a really cool bar, like, atmosphere but it's a chain down south in florida well this was just a bar and we went in there and like they had classic food and everything and um i'm with you know we're with kyle and his girlfriend and we're just sitting there eating um drinking the guy there was like the owner was there and got us a free round of drinks (laughs) like like and then i get to the airport (laughs) and there are people lined up all the way down o'hare like all these canceled flights and I oh, go boy. there, and my flight was delayed, but we got on, and we flew out. <laughs> so, you got lucky. Yeah, but then my um my flight got to Texas, no blizzard, but then my flight got canceled because of wind back, oh. back home. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I still had a canceled flight, and I think I got like three hours of sleep at a hotel that they gave me. <laughs> it was pretty crazy, but Midwest Gaming Classic is always an adventure. Um, oh, yeah. It's... Like we could, we could someday go over all the pickups and stuff. It was, it was super, it was a blast. It was super fun. Um, what what game was I playing at MGC on my Switch? I think I was playing. Was it Dragon's uh, Death? Yes, Dragon's Death, which was a limited release. Um, super cool game. It's a little two D platformer. Really awesome. And I mean, you mentioned Tales of Vesperia. That's another one I need to get. Um, I have. One of, I think it was originally released on the PS3. What uh, Tales of Vesperia? Yeah. So that was an Xbox 360 exclusive back Xbox in the day. 360. Okay, that's the one with yep. the main character with the blue hair, and he has the dog that follows him around. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah i I had the 360 version for sure. Then that's that's how long ago. That was a long time ago. Damn. Okay. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, I played the hell out of that one too. Another one where I got so far and then stopped and <laughs> would need to go back. Like it's crazy. And it and it is one of those games. You know, I I hadn't played it for two weeks since Wisconsin, and I know I saved right before one of the the like second to last chapter's final boss, and I didn't even remember like where I was going in that game. I mean, it only took two weeks, but you know, with RPGs that you have to stay on top of them sometimes, or else you yeah. just completely forget the the controls the story and yeah and thankfully i'm back into it now i'm dedicated every night about an hour's worth of playtime I'll, I'll put in and my hope is i'll finally finish it by next week and then i can move on to the next game oh we're about to ruin that with the playcast we're about to of course throw a little, <laughs> throw a little something in there 
Um, but the thing is, though, is that we can still talk about where you are in Vesperia in between the playcast. Because the playcast is for us to get experience with other games, too. So, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be super cool. Give me a reason to open my games. Yeah. And the thing is that the community <laughs> plays plays it, too. They're going to have different experiences than what we have. Um, oh, yeah. We're going to get as far as we can. Um, yeah, so, so is there anything else crazy that you've gotten? Because I bet you've gotten a million games. Yeah, I mean, if we want to talk about... Your favorite horse racing games? I did get one in yeah. uh, last week. Oh yeah! <laughs> so the the sequel to the award winning Windstorm, or in German, it's Ostwind. Yeah. Um, it's actually based on a. I think it's based on like a children's young adult movie. I don't know if there's a book series, but I know there's a movie. There's multiple. And surprisingly, movies. it's actually a. Yeah, it's a fun game. The graphics are good. It's kind of open world, so you know you you can take care of the horse you can kind of do like chores around the farm but then you can kind of just ride off into the woods and there's a lot of scenery and with the second one i really haven't played it yet but i saw that there's archery now you can do there's more horseback riding and you know listen any game that'll get my wife to turn on the switch i i'm gonna buy and she loves horses so it may be my fifth or sixth horse game for the switch but this is i would say one of the better ones interesting and like that was one of the the games that I've already written about for the book that we're going to, the Switch Collector that we're going to talk mm-hmm. about shortly. Um, but like, oh, it was, it was interesting writing about that one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, uh, cause I'm, re- we're literally writing about every game. So it's like, it's so, oh, fun. yeah. So fun. And then I would say another game that came out this week. Um, so we got Dragon's Dogma in the U.S., but yes. in Japan, they got a collector's edition with um, a nice size box, not too much bigger than the case, but it has um, a music soundtrack CD. And what's interesting, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, is that if you had pre-ordered the U.S. version physically from the Capcom store, you could get a digital copy of the CD. So that was the only That's way to get cool. Yeah, but in Japan, you get an actual physical CD. And for some reason, it's very weird with Capcom because the EU doesn't get a lot of their titles. The U.S. gets the majority of their titles, but we kind of get mixes of where if it's multiple games like the Mega Man collection, we'll get half physical, half download code. But then in Japan, they get collector editions. They get games that we're only getting digitally. So like the Capcom beat-em-up collection that we got on the eShop – yeah. They got a physical called the Belt Collection. They also got Okami HD, mm-hmm. Phoenix Wright Trilogy. Um, so they're getting a lot of really good games physically. And thankfully, at least the system's region free. And those games support English, so you can still buy them. But, but you know, you have yeah. to. Imp- I so. seriously need to, like, create a list of games I need to buy. Maybe I'll um, <laughs> create a, <laughs> a section in the back of each of these uh, Switch Collector books and, like, give a section of like games I need to buy or something and like yep. le- have a write in spot in the back or something because like seriously like Okami like it's another one that I've already bought multiple times but I I would definitely get it again like yep. there's just so many and yeah like the Konami belt action I've been waiting on that one too it's <laughs> yep and that was an awesome I did an unboxing for that one it came in this huge box a 5 CD soundtrack for Jeez. each of the games it had this nice hardcover art book. It had um, it had like the arcade 
control inserts almost like the instructions i yep. mean it was such a nice set and it wasn't that expensive i mean that's the thing it wasn't like hundreds of dollars but it was this really nice set and i don't know i i wish we got them here yeah it's it's really interesting though but um the best part is is that the switch is region free so yes. we can literally play them all so then there's no reason with you know the internet existing why we can't just have a giant collection and um, oh yeah the fact that you collect exactly how i've been covering all the the old school systems like japanese games that you don't need to understand japanese to mm-hmm. enjoy, like that's exactly right up my realm and there's a lot of games out there to cover and it's awesome oh yeah it's awesome, and the fact that the, all these games keep coming out has been overwhelming, and it's going to be interesting to see how people react, because I already see some people um, kind of, every time a new company is announced, they kind of complain, yep. or there'll be people getting in and out of the hobby, and, yeah. but that being said, like patience and it's really all on what you want to get out of it, like if you're interested in just having a good time and having fun like this is what it's all about (laughs) oh yeah i mean there's there's enough games that come on a weekly basis that you could be the most casual collector just pick up one game a month and be perfectly happy then you have extremists you know like me that just want to want to buy everything but i made that choice but it's funny because you're right i see a lot of times a new company comes on or just somebody makes a comment saying i can't do collector editions anymore i'm going for regular Mm -hmm. or you know it's getting to be too much now and you know it's it's a personal choice you have to understand you know what your budget is you have to understand why you're collecting what do you want to collect what do you want out of this collection for you and i think a lot of people get burnt out but you know nobody's forcing them to buy every game right i mean you don't have to buy every game and like you said you can play the waiting game because a lot of times i mean if i had waited i will give one tidbit to people who don't know now ubisoft titles always go on sale they are the first uh, uh, publishers games or developers games to go on sale and if you ever hold off on an ubisoft title check best buy in two months tops the game is 50 percent off no joke i want um, to say that i got the um the star link game super cheap like yep. 20 dollars or yep. something for that whole big set and oh yeah just because i waited so i mean that's why i'm waiting and i'm very patient too like and some games like for example, some of the super rare games you're you're gonna pay now if you want lovers. Um, yep. Oh you're, yeah. You're gonna have to pay now. Uh, but again, that's not necessarily super rare. It's just in demand right now. So if I wait, I might be able to get it later for a reasonable amount. Right. So. Oh yeah. It's all on your yeah. perspective and how if you need to play it now or you can you can wait and. You know, Lovers came out on other different systems, and I happened to have it digitally a long time ago on Xbox One, so Mm -hmm. I can play it. So I'm not necessarily, I don't need it right now, but I'll get it physically when I can. Right. So, I mean, I'm like that with everything, though, so it's it's perfect, like, in all reality. The, The problem is, is that the Switch has got the issue with too many good games. Like, yeah, and well, like you said, right? You only collect games you want, and you said you're nearing 200 already in two years. Woe is me, hardship. That, hardship. that has to say something about the catalog of games that they're putting out. It's just crazy, and and I literally could buy another hundred or more yep. right now. 
that I could, I mean, like I mentioned, I don't have Mario Tennis. Like, I still want to get Mario Tennis. I've been getting all those games since the first one came out. Hell, I've been doing it since Super Tennis on the Super Nintendo. Like, yep. it's one of those things where I will get it eventually. And it's, I don't need it right now, which is great. <laughs> it's a right. good thing. And probably why I'll go dive into creating more book content to distract me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> helps my OCD nature <laughs> pedal off into the sun it's great so you actually did a um a perfect a perfect segue into talking about le's so is there anything out there um that has just been announced recently yes um, so depending on with? when everyone listens to this uh on may 2nd east asia soft is releasing their newest title i think this I want to say this may be their eighth title yeah. of what they call the play exclusive line for the Nintendo Switch, um, and it's Panty Party. So we touched upon it a little bit before. <laughs> we touched but, upon the panties, as you would say. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but with Panty Party, you know that's the newest one that's going to come out. Um, and with East Asia Soft, it's very interesting. Their titles normally do not sell out right away. Not like limited run games. Like you can go on a week or two later, and there's a really high chance that they're still going to be available. With this one, I have a feeling it's going to be one of those titles that are just going to sell out really quick because, yeah. one, their price points are excellent compared to their regular editions. They're normally about $10 more only for the limited. You get a whole bunch of content. I mean, Lots depending on what the game stuff. is. I yeah, I mean, this one you get panties. But you know, I have it open here. So what do you get with this one? Well, you get sticker sheet. You get a certificate of authenticity. You get a karaoke soundtrack. You actually get underwear. You get a really cool mini switch case that's like a keychain that fits one cartridge, and it's going to have the cover of the game on it. Then you also have... Yeah, that's um, really cool, the little, little yeah. keychain thing. And I almost think that we need that for, like, all games, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> But like, so that's the newest one. So that goes live, I believe, 10 a.m. on Thursdays. That's normally when their releases go. And then right now, um, on May 3rd, pre-orders are going to close for Minute, M-I-N-I-T, and that's through Special Reserve Games. Also, you talked about it, but Limited Run Games has partnered with Special Reserve, so every single one of Special Reserve titles is going to have an alternate cover sold exclusively through Limited Run Games. But the difference is... They're only selling the game itself with an alternate cover, whereas Special Reserve has the nice box, the nice manual, and the additional goodies. Um, so, yeah. you know, for me, I have to go with both, and there's no other way to get that alternate cover. But for some people who want to just go one way or the other, I would probably tend to opt going with the bigger set that has the hardcover manual and stuff like that. Yeah, that is one thing to say is always going with the source, you typically get the best items with it so like going with right. special reserve um going to actual websites of some of the publishers especially a uh, square i know mm-hmm. they have their own site with their own collectible items and like being able to get those digital items like we mentioned too you have to go to the source yep. to get them yep that's true and then uh with limited run games right now they have open pre-orders for luminous Mm-hmm. which is that musical Tetris style kind of game that came out back on the PSP. PSP. So they have exactly. Yeah. I love that system. <laughs> and what was interesting about this one is they had three versions for this game. They had the case with the game, they had a limited edition, and they had the ultimate block rocking edition, which was 600 available copies. So this one was crazy because it had 
a double vinyl soundtrack. It had a premium. I'm just reading from their site. So it's a <laughs> premium rigid box to house the game and soundtrack. And it actually lit up as well. It was they had a autograph numbered certificate from the series creator and he hand signed all of them. And then Holy they have crap. logo pin, keychains, um, and then um yeah, and then a regular soundtrack as well on top of the vinyl along with the game. And that that's $140. And that sold out, no joke. I think it took a minute to sell out of 600 copies. You got a copy, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> I have to. And, of course, I had to buy the deluxe edition. I call it the limited. Mm-hmm. It was the deluxe edition. There was 2,000 copies for that, but it had a different outer box. So to me, that counts as a different version of the game. It so is. I bought that one as well. So that's so, one of those things that we're going to see as collectors is – um, as new companies come out, the established companies like Limited Run Games are going to up the ante in quality. Because, yeah. I mean, Limited Run is the ones who created this type of limited marketplace. They're the ones that got popular. They're the ones that got viral. Um, yep. You know, the, being the, the first one in and doing it right is yeah. at that large of a scale is the um, is the really the hardest part to do. It was like... I mean, I got uh, started doing my collector books, but I couldn't do them at such a. I don't have the reach. I didn't do them at such a large amount as like Limited Run Games did with their game releases. And right. They were simply just doing the you know the crazy PS4 and Vita and keeping the Vita market alive. And that, oh yeah, that like put them on the map. And then they got quickly got into the Switch and. As soon as they started doing that, I'm like, well, I don't need to get the PS4 games anymore. Might as well just yeah. go to the Switch. <laughs> I, I was the exact same way. I, I literally went to my shelf, and any game that was getting a Switch release, I traded or sold my PS4 or whatever other system it was on. Because Correct. if I'm going for Switch, I don't, for the most part, I don't need to own a duplicate unless there's you know some crazy collector edition exclusive to the other console. But yeah, once the Switch came, it's you see a lot of times now, if a game's coming out from multiple systems, I think the Switch one is the more popular one through these limited sites. So limited run games, if they put out the same game on both consoles, I think the Switch one tends to be more popular. I could be wrong, but that's my take on well, it. Well, I mean, it goes back to what we've been saying, that you can play it portably. So that yep. it just gives you one extra avenue. And most of these games are retro. They're not pushing hardware limitations. So right. it's completely fine on the Switch. You know, the oh, Switch yeah. isn't the most powerful console this generation and actually there it's the next generation of consoles because technically the wii u was part of this console generation Mm -hmm. (laughs) i consider the switch generation (laughs) nine honestly but it's just the first one um but like the interesting thing is is that like double dipping and all that but there's some games that are available digitally on the switch that have had limited run game releases or have had different things like for example um a whole new world is on the switch and there's a physical release for the ps4 oh uh yes yep you're right there is i was thinking in another world but no right. not, not another world a whole right. new world a whole new world is like a retro style 2d platformer a whole, yes another world is actually a classic style interactive puzzle game mm-hmm. with some platforming elements and it's a classic awesome game too that one I think is more just remastered as well. Just like the graphics have like just been upgraded to be compatible, but I don't think they've actually overhauled anything with the right. world. But it's still awesome that they put it on there. But the um a whole new world though is 
an excellent one. And when we go over the book aspects of what I've been up to, like that's some of the stuff I've been doing. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, that that game, if they put that out physically, which apparently they've already had to deal with a different version, um, mm. that would be excellent. There's Hopefully every every digital game at some point will get a physical. I think that's what our whole community is all about is if somebody <laughs> announces a game and and no joke on social media, you know, we'll take P-Cube, right? They announce a new game. The first comment normally, if it's not from me, it's from somebody else goes, congrats on the, you know, the announcement. Is there a physical coming? I mean, that's people want a physical for the system. That being said, though. Knowing a bunch of people that are making games for the systems, it definitely um, gives them anxiety when people ask that because oh yeah, I feel physical, bad. Physical production costs almost a hundred grand, so like one yeah. game release. So like when like obviously I'm buddies with John Lester, and for those of you listening that don't know, I do game talk with him on Game Straighty One. And, like, so when people ask him about Sydney Hunter getting a physical, he's like, we're just <laughs> trying to get the game out there, man. Let me get the yep. game in the marketplace first. <laughs> like, they need to release it. And the thing is, if you all support him digitally, yep. it'll be meriting, uh, you know, it'd be a better merit for them to do a physical run. And yep. if they have a lot of sales digitally, a company like Limited Run Games might pick them up. Right. Um, I mean, and playing the game, it's it's definitely awesome. So, like the Sydney Hunter that they're releasing for the Switch, it's way different than the retro ones they've released. It's so it's like refined, polished, everything. Like it's going to be prime for a physical release. I did pick up their Super Nintendo <laughs> one, so I'm interested to see their Switch version. Oh yeah, the Switch version is it's amazing. Like it's yeah. well well refined. Like this, the, I would call the. Um, the Super Nintendo one, the basics, and then the Switch one is like the ultimate, like... Oh, that's awesome. Re- refined with multiple abilities and boss fights. And as we mentioned at the uh, Midwest Gaming Classic panel, Sarumari, who was on the panel with us, did some of the artwork for, like, the final boss and everything. Like That's awesome. Like, actual graphical artists, like, doing some of the work on the games. And it's just... Mm-hmm. So, that being said, though, I can absolutely understand from the developer perspective where everybody constantly going, is there a physical release? It's uh-huh. going to drive them nuts. But it also, they have to realize that there are thousands of games now like that are announced and, and already out in the digital eShop. So it's right. starting to, it's not quite as bad as Steam, but it's starting to get to that flood that Steam does have in its marketplace where you can't find everything. Right. Um, I mean, I'm buddies with uh, Mega Cat Studios and like the the guys who run Mega Cat Studios and I didn't even know that Coffee Crisis, which is a game they created, was available in the Switch eShop. On the di- uh, I did not either. Yeah, and it is and it's <laughs> I have the Genesis version. They yep, also me too. <laughs> they also refined and redid all the graphics for the Switch version. I didn't even know it was out there until he told me. I'm like, "Well, shit, I need to get a copy." Like <laughs> Like, that might be one that we can play for the Playcast eventually. Uh-huh. But, like, I was like, holy cow. Because, like, I would love to see that physically. But he's like, well, the sales have... Like, it's it's sold the best out of anything that they've ever done. <laughs> but, like, nobody's even tracking that it's out because the marketplace is so flooded. Right. So, But doing it physically puts it out there. And that's... Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
and that's and that's you know a lot of times I post about physical releases and every and I won't say every now and then like it's random but a lot of times I'll also put out announcements for digital games and even with me I you know I I make a post I say you know XYZ game is coming to the eShop first question is there a physical and I go no nothing's announced and they go well I'm not going to buy it and to me you know I don't buy digital games cuz I I'm a physical collector but I would never discourage anyone from not buying a game digitally because like you said if the sales aren't there, why are they going to put out a physical copy? If no one's going to buy the game initially, where's the incentive to bring it physically? And yeah. I think a lot of times collectors maybe, or not maybe, but are missing out on a lot of really good titles that have the potential to grow off of their digital sales. And they're just kind of ignoring them going like, ah, eh, it's a digital game. I'm not going to try it. And, you know, for a lot of developers, that's that's their platform. That's where they can get their game out initially. And there's no overhead for them when it comes exactly. to production. And so the only thing that sucks from our perspective as gamers, though, is that I do like collecting games. And yep. so then I essentially have to double dip if something gets released. So when right. Celeste came out, I absolutely wanted to play it. And I you know, bought a copy of it digitally. And mm-hmm. then Limited Run Games, like months <laughs> later, announced it. It was many months later. I was already, I've already played through the game at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, I could have held off. And so when The Messenger came out, I was like, damn, I really want to play this Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> and then combined <laughs> with this all all new awesome aspect where you can shift in and out of planes. I'm like, I need this game. And then I was like, <laughs> let me wait. And I waited. Yep. And now it's announced for a physical release. And yep. you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm glad I waited. But again, if everybody does that mentality, they're not going to release games physically either. Right. So, like, yep, it's true. When there's a lot of hype behind it, like the messenger, I don't feel as bad because eventually I'm going to support them. But it's definitely interesting. <laughs> well, think about think about Cuphead, right? It came out digitally. It is announced physically. They they did announce it, I think, on Rooster Teeth's um, forum or message board. But they said a physical is coming. Mm-hmm. That game, I feel, is going to be one of the most double dipped games and perfectly well worth it. I don't think anyone's going to be upset that they bought it digitally. And then bought it physically again because it's one of those type of games. But, you know, not every game gets that hype level of Cuphead. But there's so many good games out on the Switch, Switch's eShop right now that people may just be missing. And it's and it's a shame because, you know, you get to know the developers. You get to know the teams working on the games. You see their passion. And then, you know, you, you feel bad when people are going, ah, I'm not, I'm not going to play it. There's no physical. Yeah, that's um, some people that do that definitive, like, you know, that's the only way they're going to do it. It's unfortunate, but also, like, they may not want to double dip. So I understand both oh, yeah. perspectives, and but I can, I can completely understand from the developer and publisher perspective where that might be frustrating for them, too, because it's hard to justify doing a full run of games when it does cost that much money, like $100,000, when the sales aren't adding up on the digital side, which is literal game sales. So Right. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a crazy, crazy formula, I'll tell you that much. Like, that would be a good episode to talk about because I feel you could really have a lot of different views on that. And having people on, like yeah. interviews on different developers and stuff. So yeah. Like that would be super, super crazy. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, it's a big topic. It's just it's like it's never ending, is what oh, it yeah. is. It's classic so 
we talked about uh, some stuff that's that's out there right now. Is there anything you're tracking that might be like drying up? Any limited editions that have been available that people listening might want to snatch up now that it might be gone? Yeah. yeah. Um, so not every site always shows percentages, but yeah. I will say one thing I do is with my weekly release post at the very bottom, I always list the still available limited title. So mm-hmm. through every single website. So you know I have it open right now. So for instance. Last Saturday and Sunday, Strictly Limited Games, which is a German-based company, released Ultra Core, which was a Mega Drive game. And (laughs) so they they still have a few copies available of that, um, of the regular and the collector version. Then you also have another company, French-based, called Red Arts Game. And their three, uh, hold on, one, two, their first two titles, which haven't been um, released yet, so they're still available for pre-order, they still have some copies left, which is um, Old Man's Journey and Stay. Yeah. And, they, and they're limited to 3,000 copies. I don't know exactly how many they had left, but you know, at some point, they will sell out. And when they're sold out, everyone's going to go, ah, I wish I had pre-ordered it or bought it when I had the chance. So this is Red Art the company that hasn't actually sent them no. out yet? So, no, uh, so yes and no. With so, some of these newer yeah. companies, like I know for a fact Super Rare has games in hand when they go for pre-orders. Limited yes. run um, does not, and they're but they're in the Nintendo certification process when they go yes. pre order. Uh, these companies, like the newer ones, you could almost analyze because we don't know one hundred percent that maybe like Red Art is doing these pre orders, and once they sell out of the pre orders, then they're going to use the funds from the pre orders to fund the actual production process through nintendo so it may be that once they sell out then it gets to where limited run games gets when they take their pre-orders and it still might take another six months from there like that's a legitimate thing to think about with some of these smaller companies um limited run games and super rare have been doing them for so long that they have a track record the ones without the track records you just got it's like a buyer beware same thing with um backing a game on kickstarter that has mm-hmm. never done a release it's a buyer beware like it's may take some time and as long as people are patient um the only thing that is not necessarily worrisome but is interesting is that they haven't posted their process maybe mm-hmm. so that they can continue to get pre-orders and maybe because it might turn off some people if they said oh well it might be a year before you get your game right <laughs> i mean with red- some people <laughs> With, with Red Art, they have done PS4 titles that they have released um, in the past. So them I feel more confident about. And, I, you know, I've talked with their team. And okay. I feel fairly confident that the, the Switch games are coming. The one that you're, I think, talking about is Warned Collectors, which is another French company. Another they kind of came man. out of nowhere. They opened up immediately with two games, um, which are still available on their site. And I'm scrolling right now. So we have Pankapu and Dungeon Rushers. So Hankapu was supposed to ship on 424, and then on the day of, they sent out an, an email and a Twitter message saying that there was a delay in production. It's still coming. With So, you know, a lot of people are going, well, I one, I didn't pre-order from them because I don't know who they are, and their responses have been a little iffy. For me personally, you know, I pre-ordered worst cases. You know, I, I filed a claim through PayPal or whoever, you know, whatever method of payment that you did, but... Yeah, it's true. I mean, there is no track record, but the only thing you have to go on is the developer confirmed that they're working with them, and you have to hope that they're being serious, the publisher, when they're talking about bringing these games out. But, 
I completely see your concerns. I hear it all the time, and especially as new companies keep getting announced, and they start getting announced so frequently now with you know promises of Switch games that people are just like, ah, I don't really know if I want to give you my money right away. Yeah, you almost want to wait for them to have a proven track record, and it's completely understandable. Um, I've always been a patient um, col- collector when it comes to things like that, though, like, I've never complained about limited run and with, mm-hmm. with the games. I, I see people online complain all the time, and I'm like, I've never not gotten a game from them. Exactly. So, and I don't care if it takes a little bit of time because I have thousands and thousands of games to play. I'm, I'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm always I, wondering I, if there's that one guy who only buys that one game from them and is just waiting sometimes because yeah, I, I don't there. know where. I don't know where, the, yeah, I don't know where that hatred is coming. I mean, it, the word is hatred. I mean, you hear it all the time. They they've gotten death threats. They've gotten all these like negative comments. And I go, it's a pre-order. Like, yeah, they. You know, if you go on their website, they have a production update. They update it frequently, so you know exactly the status. Yeah. And a lot of times, people would just go, oh, they said mid, you know, mid April, and now it's the end of April. But it's like, but you have access to their information. They're not hiding anything. And like you said. I'm sure there's another game in your collection you could be playing while you're waiting. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and I know firsthand how crazy delays can happen. I mean, it's something mm-hmm. as simple as waiting for one piece of that project to ship could be mm-hmm. delayed at a port overseas, and it just it will take months to get to you. Like, it, it happens. Oh, yeah. It's a legitimate thing. So it's like, yeah, I, could, I understand that stuff more so than most too so it's like mm-hmm. it's, i'm super patient though ever, yeah ever that, patient. That, that stuff doesn't bother me at all it's, you know there's so many games coming on a weekly basis that i rather have the game done the right way and it comes when it comes and i know it's coming exactly i mean in the end we'll we'll be okay <laughs> yeah we will we'll survive <laughs> we'll survive but yeah that's the interesting thing is that um that you did mention with the ellies that are almost gone what's available to buy Everything that we talk about at the beginning, this is going to be a part that's going to be at the beginning of every playcast when we, when we record Switch Mania playcast. Um, it is all available at jpswitchmania.com. Um, he does weekly updates to those yep. threads. So, I mean, that way you don't have to memorize everything we're talking about here. You literally can go to the site and, and see everything. And there's pictures for everything, too, which is great. There are pretty pictures and links and all the information. I mean, that's, you know, I, I stay up sometimes like saturday night finishing it till like two in the morning but i put everything you could want that that's a, that supports english so any game that supports english worldwide on top of all the limited available titles still are all in that weekly post so you either visit my site or subscribe to my site so you can get it right to your inbox but you know i do the work so you don't miss out that's how i, I kind of work so you don't have to <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm that nice guy <laughs> classics <laughs> so now will be the section of the playcast where we talk about the update of the switch collector so mm-hmm. i'd say as a baseline we should start with what the heck it is <laughs> what we're doing with it and what's going to be available so um the first thing is is that the switch collector is gonna be an anthology series of books um going to the ideas to cover every single game that's physically available for the Switch. Everything that comes out during the time frame of the volume that's available digitally that we would like to see physically released. 
Um, so we have everything collectible, every game release, every digital game that's worth a shit. Um, <laughs> and we use the community. We posted multiple posts saying, hey, what are your favorite digital games from the first year of the Switch? Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot of feedback. Um, and then we're also doing the cool aspect section. So, for example, the first year Sonic Mania came out. Not physically as the game, but like a giant collector's box. Oh, yeah. So, so that's being talked about. There's a multiple games that fit that as well. And then there's likely going to be a section near the back for JP just to talk about the million variants of different <laughs> games. And like, because basically we started out, we were doing like quarter page reviews and stuff. And I'm like, no, there's no way we got, we got to give these games more more coverage so the mm-hmm. smallest reviews are going to be a full page uh wow. box <laughs> art and everything uh breath of the wild i want to say is at least four uh four pages uh all the digital games are getting a two-page treatment because we're hand-picking them so mm-hmm. if and we're gonna go through and every once in a while i'll live stream the video and we'll go through and talk with people. And anybody who comes on live chat can also give us feedback. And we're going over and I'll refine things as well. Like going over different aspects of every spread and everything. Um, so that's part of it. But when we do the campaign, which the idea is to launch this sucker this summer. And the summer is quickly approaching. Um, <laughs> so the idea is to launch this sucker in the summer. It might be late summer. But we want to launch this sucker in the summer. And there's going to be a physical book, which is the giant 11 and a half by 8 page books that I do for all my hardcover books. There's going to be a slipcase for it um, for a premium option. So slipcases cost a lot, so it's a different tier. Um, the idea is to keep the book affordable, though. I, w- I definitely want to keep it like $40 or less, for sure. Um, right now, without any extras we are at i'm waiting for the the actual (laughs) spread to to flip um i know we're over 300 pages right now in the book and that's year one this is just year one when there was not that many games like the light year the light year (laughs) but yeah i was joking the other day i said to my friend i said the first two years of collecting for the switch were like the training levels yeah so right now Without having the collector sections in the back or an overview of the system, it's at 266 pages. Wow. Um, and so that is already going to be crazy. It's going to be over 350 pages easily wow. um, by the time. And then there's going to be art in the in throughout the book. Like the insides of the covers are going to have full art. It's going to be ridiculous. We already have, as you can see... Um, in multiple pages on or multiple spots on the websites um if somebody's listening to this on youtube it's on the actual um thumbnail is the the picture it's on the video right now of the actual switch collector artwork for the cover i've already commissioned it it's already a thing so it's it's literally drawn by um rusty shackles he does a lot of cool wrestling related artwork and some video game stuff he's worked with uh kurt Collada, who does hardcore gaming 101 he's never done a nintendo piece for kurt so i was like i didn't feel too bad grabbing it for, <laughs> for the switch book um but yeah so it's been 
super cool uh, doing this. And uh, I've been writing for the past like months that since we've made this an actual like, all right, we're we're taking this to Kickstarter. Um, I've started writing all of the reviews, so I've been finishing up within the last week. Um, last weekend, I did the spreads. So I started adding all the text. And then I realized I was writing about four times as much as I need for a single-page spread and <laughs> double what I need for a double-page spread. And that's without the JP sections in it. So, um, I mean, literally writing about 1-2-Switch, writing about Super Bomberman R, um, and 1-2-Switch is getting like a double page. And, you know, there's art that accompanies every single one. It just looks amazing. Um but I started templating out because initially we were going to do just 2017, just 2017. And then I was like, well, how many? And I think I sent you a message or something. I think I was driving back from a convention. I'm like, well, how many games were there from 2018 until the one year anniversary and mm-hmm. f- physically? And it didn't end up being that many. It was maybe 15, 16, 20 games, something like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a ton. So I was like, okay, cool. That's easy to do. So let's just do the first year. So we do the one year anniversary for the first volume, which sounds cool. Year two is way too big for that. It would be a 800 page book. So <laughs> yeah. So, um, but the problem is, is that we're also covering digital games, right? Yep. Um, and I actually stopped on a page called black hole. Yeah, it's a black hole. Um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Basically, there ended up being another 60 games, I want to say, digitally that were released from the beginning of 2018. Like, it was insane. And I'm doing two-page spreads on each one. So the thing I finished this week so far is I finished all the spreads, which means I have all the artwork done, all the screenshots taken, uh, everything for all of the digital-only games. Um, now that being said, we do realize those, are, those of you that are listening that some of these games will come out physically later and that's okay. We hope that happens, honestly. Um, so a game that I just finished today, Dandara, that was released February mm-hmm. 6th, 2018. It's a Metroidvania game. Um, so that one's there. Now these I haven't written yet. I still got to write it in there. So I do a weird way where I kind of format and then I kind of write to the format and then I'll modify the format to make it really pop it's a double edge it takes a little bit longer but then it like people that have seen my books and seen how they've evolved over the years they that's why they've evolved and look so great now because of the three-step approach i take um and then there's another game atomic run gun jump gun you ever hear that game i have not so apparently you use the gun as a way to jump and run and propel yourself and you shoot. Oh. And, and it's almost like a, a platformer, Super Meat Boy, you're going to die a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We do so. like those kind of games on the Switch. Yeah, and the game looks awesome. And it's retro 8-bit, 16-bit style, you know, but overhauled. Um, crazy. I'm skipping a few games, too. Um, Here's one that we mentioned uh, in the categories of a limited-run games game that hasn't been physically announced yet. Zeo Drifter. Mm-hmm. And that I have a copy of that for the PS4. Well, it was released digitally on the Switch. So that will go in the digital only. And hopefully- Is that a 2 game? A 2 yep. Yeah, I think he actually... Um- 
Oh my gosh, I forgot the name. I forgot his name. I feel so bad now. But um, he recently posted on Twitter. He said, "Oh, would you guys like to see a physical of this on the everyone Switch?" Said, "No, no way." <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what everyone said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so who I knows? Mean, maybe we'll maybe in year three we'll see a, a physical of that. Well, and the thing is, is that I have to assume that just because Limited Run Games got the rights to release it on the PS4 doesn't mean that they had the rights to release it on the Switch, so that might be a new deal, which is why it wasn't like automatically a thing. Well, also, if you think about it, um, Limited Run Games released the Mutant Muds games on the PS4, but it was yep. Super Rare that did it for the Switch. Correct. So that's where, yeah. like, pay attention when these games come out, because they, they may not get a physical release just because they didn't have that deal in place. So, All right. I mean... Something to think about. Um, that yep. one was February 15th. Uh, there was a game published by EA Originals called Faye. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it looks ridiculous. I have not played it yet. And it's a plat- 3D style platform. I think you play it in third person. But yeah, Everyone just, was hoping for a physical on that one. It looks amazing. And, and yeah. that's basically... So when people are you know listening, like that's the idea for the book. Is like The sections are going to be amazing and once you see the art that's available i i've sent a few of the spreads to jp it's like it, it's gonna blow people away that's the idea. oh yeah um there's some other games like i may not end up keeping this spread but the ace of seafood mm-hmm. it's a shoot 'em up but you're shooting as actual fish like it looks ridiculous <laughs> like i i mean it might be fun to write about uh that's a february 22nd game like oh my god it just looks ridiculous um Let's see. Let me go through a few more. These I did all these today, by the way. Like um, Typo Man, Toki Tori Two Plus, which has had a release before, so I don't know why it wouldn't get a physical release. But yeah, I remember Toki Tori Two ended up having a um, like it was on the Nindies or something for the 3DS, and for some reason it just hasn't gotten the recognition. And Toki Tori? Yeah. Oh, that's getting a physical. Is it? 100%? Yeah, Toki Tori 1 and the collection is coming out through Super Rare games now. So now it's coming from Super Rare. So so that'll be one where I'll actually, like, I created the spread. Well, got to delete the spread now. <laughs> that's okay, though. There's nothing wrong with that. And nope. the thing is, is that I know that uh, JP and I have literally went through um, on a live stream, and I've I basically make them orange when they announce them. So mm-hmm. it's classic. That one was not orange. Now it is. Um, I actually I wrote in the comments rumored limited run games release. It was rumored, mm. so it wasn't one hundred percent confirmed. So now it's confirmed. Yes, it is. Nice. So that's cool. See, and so that's not an issue. Like, and be, once the book is published, too too bad. So sad. Actually, honestly, once I write about it, like I might just throw a tidbit in there um but yeah it's gonna be super super cool like seeing as things get released Mm -hmm. um so then the last game which we already mentioned a whole new world i uh wrote about which has a physical release which is recent since limited run games has been releasing switch games a whole new world though just got a ps4 physical release so it's interesting to see that they didn't do the switch it just must have been like a deal that they had or something that didn't you know didn't go through yeah, I, I hope I hope we see something about that soon. I hope so. We can only hope. Weird. So, um, and then I did create the spread for Sonic Mania. 
Um, nice. <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's it was hard. Uh, like taking screenshots and not going because I have Sonic Mania Plus, so it's interesting getting the proper screenshots and everything. But it's going to be one of those where I use the um the main card icon of Sonic Mania, and then there's gonna be the giant collector's edition that's displayed, obviously too. So and you saw the trailer for the new movie, of course. Of course, it's <laughs> amazing. I I'm looking forward to it. So, um, to me, and, and we're talking about obviously Sonic the Hedgehog, the live action. Um, they're doing Sonic looks like just like Detective Pikachu, where it's over like <laughs> like <laughs> normalized looking Sonic, which is ridiculous. Um, but they know what they're doing. They did that on purpose. Jim Carrey is going to save the movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. He is '90s Jim Carrey. Yes, like it's not the serious true no. show Jim Carrey. It's this is Fire Marshal Bill here that we're watching. <laughs> Fire Marshal Robotnik, basically. And I remember when they posted the first picture before they announced the trailer, and they're like, oh my god, he has hair and all this stuff. And then they show, though, like at, on the trailer at the end, he's Robotnik. Like, uh huh. He just loses his damn mind from the, the shitty movie that he loses all his hair. Like, just hilarious, though, to me. And it'll. It'll be but, it'll be so bad it's good and perfect to watch on a game night with everybody so you can just have a good time and laugh. Listen, they said from the people who brought you Fast and Furious and I was sold. <laughs> I was sold. I love that franchise. And you know what? I don't care what he looks like. Have have the humor from Jim Carrey. Have the cool action scenes. Make sure he's fast. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, I just hope that the um the story that they create um, to have all the comedic aspects, I hope that that doesn't um, bog down the the flow of it. Yes, and the comedy because I really just want the comedy. That's that's all mm-hmm. I want. Just give me the damn comedy, <laughs> and it'll be hilarious. And you know, in fact, Sonic's like in a bag, and they think it's a little kid or something. It's, uh-huh. just, <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> like what the so. hell? <laughs> <laughs> so again, maybe if we're lucky, we can get Sonic the Hedgehog the movie, the game. That would be awesome. <laughs> in <laughs> VR, in VR, with Honestly. the Labo support, Switch VR. <laughs> that is crazy. So, is there anything else like crazy, newsworthy rumors on the Switch? I know there is. Um, obviously from- the Switch mean Switch Mini, Switch Pro. Um, yeah, it's the only reason why I haven't bought a second Switch yet because, as we're gonna get into with our most played games, my daughter monopolizes my Switch a lot. <laughs> um, and it could be it could be a horrible. It's not a bad thing, but um, could be worse. But I've been meaning to get her one, but if they're going to create a Switch, a, a Switch Mini, might as well get that one for her. Yeah, I mean, you know, they had the Bloomberg article, then the president, you know, um, Nintendo had said it wasn't true. I, everybody thinks something's coming. I think they will be putting out something. They said E3, they're not going to announce anything, but you never know. And it's pretty. Fast. I mean, I already own a few Switches because of the different collector edition consoles that had come out, but. I'm all for like a, a lower price one or even like an upgraded, like a pro model, you know, depending on what type of gamer you are. But I think we're definitely going to see something this year. Well, and then the thing is, is that they might just be subtly releasing a modified upgraded switch to address some issues that have happened quietly. And right. It might just come out with and just still be the switch. Like, for example, my case 
on the switch, like the plastic on the top is breaking off, like every once mm-hmm. in a while and stuff. Like it's it's chintzy plastic, so they might just refine the plastic. They might ref- refine some of the innards quietly, and that could be what the like the Bloomberg article and everybody they got a hold of some kind of update. And they're oh they're doing a new switch update. And it's like maybe Nintendo's gonna just quietly roll out some fixes to things, right? Um, I did read another thing. Speaking of fixes, that with the newest update. Besides for being able to sort your icons by playing everything, that they also mm-hmm. are allowing you to overclock it now, the Switch, with certain games. So, like, games are loading faster now. And it's one of those things where they're calling it some kind of, like, mode. They're making it a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's overclocking the CPU a little bit. And oh. yeah, so like the like in Zelda, like all the shrines load faster, all the overall loads fat, like everything's going oh, that's a little awesome. bit quicker. So a lot of those things where we were waiting for loading, it may be inconsequential as they start to refine and perfect that thing. So imagine like uh, Lego City Undercover, for example, has a little bit of loading. Well, yep. if they're able to overclock and it quickens it up and then they create a patch for the game and it quickens it. I mm-hmm. mean, it might be one of those things where it's actually a really, really positive thing for the Switch. Mm-hmm. But that's another newsworthy thing for sure. Like, I um, I think I I saw that from Smash JT, um, because he does a lot of technical reviews when he talks. Mm-hmm. It's super cool to to watch on YouTube, and yeah, I think that was the the guy that I I saw that from, and I thought that was super cool that they would um. Nintendo would just quietly roll that out. So it's just proof positive, though, that Nintendo will quietly roll things out like that. So there's nothing saying that they might just, by the holiday season, have switches out there that are just a little bit better made. I hope. I hope so. But I'm I'm happy with the system. I think my mm-hmm. biggest thing and what a lot of people want, they just want folders. They just want some way to sort because <laughs> I have no idea what they're holding back on, but I have so many digital-only titles, and I can't find them. I don't know which ones they are. Yeah. They're just kind of mixed in with the, the icons of the regular games, and unless I highlight it to see if it's something that requires a cartridge or not, I honestly don't even remember what I may have downloaded. And just to have something to just categorize by genre or by physical-only or digital-only or something like that, it's just, I can't imagine it's that hard to do, but I don't know how to do it. Well, I mean, you can now sort the icons, at least, by most played and alphabetically and by company, but that still Mm -hmm. doesn't help you by digital. So they need to just make a sort by digital. That would help you, but then being able to simply just have folders will be a a godsend, because then you can create some custom sections, and and that'll be whatever everybody makes of it. That being said, though, as I mentioned, the eShop is completely getting cluttered and there's really no way to sort there either so they need to create some some algorithms and some sorting on their yeah. switch and on the eShop. so it would just make things a lot easier to navigate because if you can navigate by genre that'd be oh, awesome yeah. I, you can't even navigate by your wish list and then the wish list actually fills up believe it or not oh there's a max i hit the max the other day and i'm like <laughs> damn so I just had to go through there and delete stuff that I already bought, which it doesn't delete off your wish list once you buy something mm-hmm. or get it physically. Like, it doesn't. So it's like, yeah, I had to go through and delete a shit ton of games. Because so, I, what I like to do is every 
week, I like to go on the eShop and then put in my wish list any game that looks like it might be interesting to me. So that way I don't forget about things. So that's the good and bad thing. There's so many good games you're putting on your wish list, but now you're running out of space. And I ran out of space. And I guess the <laughs> friends list on also has a max number two. Yeah, that I don't think I've hit, but I have heard that there is a limit. Yeah, I haven't hit it yet either. I know it's more. Hopefully they just uncap that because... Yeah. Yeah, was, that's something. Um, also, um, before I get too far off track, I did mention that there's going to be more to the Switch campaign the switch collector campaign Mm -hmm. um some things we can confirm already besides for the book and the slipcase um i've posted a few pictures of it online uh we're doing a arcade for it and not i'm not saying one of those crappy balsa wood ones that you can buy on amazon or like the toki tori one that came with the uh, retro collector edition from gamestop i'm talking like actual wood arcade with the um with the actual plastic over it like so the the actual molding the plastic molding Mm -hmm. and then the switch fits in it everything is felt so like the switch fits in perfectly with felt so it doesn't scratch anything and there's two joy con slots that you can put your joy cons on the little arcade cabinet um it's not real practical to play but it's cool even just for a display piece mm-hmm. and oh, there's yeah. rubber that holds the switch controllers in and that has the switch collector art on the sides of it um there's going to be um right now it was a general like the the mock up that i have has like general logos but there's going to be some extra stuff on there too um possibly the Hagen's Alley books and JP Switch Mania logos and stuff on there too. Like right now, it's just he kind of gave me a, a mock-up demo just to see what it looks like. The creator of it, and he does some really awesome work, and he makes arcade like custom arcades. So it's yeah, he's like, he's amazing. Oh my god! So like I have that, and I've been posting pictures, and people are like, "Holy shit! How do I get that?" And I'm like, oh, "It's gonna be part of this Kickstarter." Um, the other thing I created, which helps me, is having all these games. It's hard to sort them. So on Amazon, they have these binders that you can buy where you can put the cartridges, the little carts, inside the binders, and they're like 3D cut um, foam that you can fit them in. Well, that covers about 60 to 80 games if you have the double-sided one like I do. Well, all the rest, I um, have a custom box that I'm going to hand-stain in black and gloss and have Switch, Nintendo Switch... um, you know, logos, like Switch Collector logos, so that way we stay completely, you know, within fair use and everything. It's our own branding. Um, But basically, it'll be a way that there's going to be felt on the inside of this little treasure box. So you open up the treasure box, and you can put, like, over, like, 200 cartridges in it. And it's tiny. Fits right on the shelf. Um, I have one of those. I'm going to create those all by hand. And I do a lot of this, like, the woodworking and stuff by hand, just because I enjoy it. So that's where things are going to get a little bit crazy. <laughs> but that's going to be cool as hell, too. It's just another piece for collectors to be able to easily ex- access their collection. Mm-hmm. And so that'll be So we have the book, the treasure, the little treasure box for the, for the, for the games, and a arcade that you can put the, the Switch in and play. And so I, it's just another unique thing. And I found that it's it's perfect for the arcade. It's perfect to sit in your lap 
and like actually play um like with a pro controller for example mm-hmm. Um, my daughter's sitting there playing with it on the ground, laying down like we used to lay down on the old TVs. And it kind of gives you that old, tiny, and playing on an NES on an old, tiny TV feel. Mm-hmm. That's what it, that's what it gives me. And it's, it's, you know, it's like you're, most of the time you're going to play it on a giant 4K TV or whatever. But like, <laughs> it has a use. And those are going to be some of the cool things. Um, every other Kickstarter I've done, um, different types of covers um i used to do leather covers but the guy who did the leather work can't do them anymore but um i did a wooden book cover for the hidden gaming gem so i'm gonna see how how that works out i may do um i did one for the virtual boy kickstarter that i did which was an april fool's joke and people (laughs) backed the hell out of it um so i'm doing a wooden one of that too so it'll be interesting to see how everything works out for the switch collect for the switch collector i'll probably offer one because why not but the thing is is that i don't like to offer unique tiers if you know what that means so, so i don't want to have well you can get the arcade or the box or something i like to compound it all so that way if you get the arcade tier you get everything else mm-hmm. so that way you don't have to pick and choose um I may, if it ends up being too expensive, though, to do, like, just two of them and not one, I may just do a, here's the get everything tier. Right. <laughs> and that, that usually works. <laughs> like, I'm not, but, like, I'm not going to do much, many more items other than that. I'm going to keep it. It's, that's already complex enough. Um, but it's going to be super cool, like, the, the Switch Collector. I, I Before we got off topic and started talking about this, <laughs> this week's, um, this week's focus, uh, I wanted to at least mention the rest of the Kickstarter because I know I talked about it a little bit and then we got sidetracked. <laughs> going off, going on down the line is is fun though. I, I enjoy the sidetrack. Sometimes it'll come back to us though. It's good. It's true. Um, yeah, and I mean I've had a track record of releasing stuff on Kickstarter. I've released tons of different books. I've released Nintendo games and crazy complex stuff. That's fun. So. <laughs> We will see where the uh, rabbit hole goes, and if the book ends up going viral and getting crazy, I mean, we will uh, we will definitely uh, see if we can make the next one even crazier. Like, oh yeah, you never know, man, never know. Um, so yeah, I would say that's good for the news, newsworthy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and went back and covered the rest of the campaign for the book <laughs> that we forgot about. Um. So let's go over the actual episode focus now. Sure. Um, so the episode focus, like, this is where we would talk about the the game of the episode. Uh, this time around, though, we're going to talk about our most played games. So that way, you know, listeners, this is the first time you've really heard us talk in Switch in depth. Um, so basically, like, what JP's playing, what I've been playing. Um, and this is for the last, you know, two years of the system. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I'll go off and say it because I got a secondary part that I'll talk about um, later. But my most played game, bar none, since day one, has been Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, I mean, that to me was a system seller for launch. Um, I never actually, even though I got it for the Wii U uh, as well, I never actually, I've never played it on the Wii U. I've only played (laughs) it on the Switch. Uh, The game is perfect to me. It is 
almost taken it's almost taken the uh my favorite game of all time from zelda link to the past for the super nintendo wow it's so close um now i did something really weird recently with it though um i have gotten so overpowered um, i didn't find every shrine but i got so overpowered i was getting like bored with it because i was just like i was just hunting around and i refused to use online guides mm-hmm. so i was just going around in this giant multi-mile game <laughs> land and it's another combat was challenging so i didn't think about it and i ended up deleting my save and starting over oh wow yeah and so i started <laughs> over i didn't realize that i could probably just use one of my other accounts and start it over and not <laughs> my damn save i'm like i was like oh shit yeah i mean <laughs> i wasn't gonna go back and play this one because like i wanted to start over for a reason yeah. Because, um, I mean, the first time I played Zelda, like, I would get to that first time you see a Lionel, and the Lionels are gigantic in Breath of the Wild, and they destroy you, and you're like, holy uh-huh. shit. Or the first time you get to the um the crazy Guardians, which are the yep. giant mechanical guys with the legs, and they kill you. Well, now I'm going through with, like, four hearts, five hearts, and I'm destroying them. <laughs> because I'm not <laughs> good as hell at it, and I'm like... I got all these basic weapons and everything, and I'm able to take them all out because I'm just my skills are progressed. So it's it's super cool um, to play it like that. And I don't really want to play it in master mode because they released a master mode for the hardcore gamers. But to me, it like it changed the dichotomy of the game and what made it fun for me because it's they they overloaded it with too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not that they made it too hard. It's just that they changed it based on making it hard. So I didn't really like that. I, I thought the game was very well balanced in the regular mode. Um, and I did only get about halfway through the DLC, so I never got the motorcycle or anything. Cause you, mm-hmm. Yeah, I never got that So in, in, in my overpowered one. So I could have went back and done that. But um, yeah, and that being said, though, I'm still like I've been playing so many other games that I haven't been back to Breath of the Wild in a long time. But that is by far my most played game. I love that game. It's awesome. Um, even playing through it again, like, I've definitely put in another probably 20 hours just playing it again. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, insane. I, I, it's over 100 hours in the game. It's one of those games where you can easily just get lost just just traveling around. I mean, that's what I would do so often. I would, you know, I'd do a little bit of the story. I'd find some shrines. And then I would just see where I could go. And that's crazy. Yeah, and then hours went by. I was like, huh, I've just been, like, just, just like, putzing around. But it's been so fun, and the landscape is just so beautiful. And the music, is, I mean, it's, it is a perfect game. And, and I would say, like, the first time I played it, and I don't know if it was just me, it's probably because I refused to go online. But like it was right when the Switch was released, I was I like didn't really know where to go. Like I knew mm-hmm. there was dots, but it, the dot like to get to the next spot on the map, it would take hours. Mm-hmm. So like I just would go off on different paths and different ways. So like knowing the map now, like because I've completely mastered the game, like going through my second playthrough. Like, I was easily finding stuff, whereas the first time, it felt like a, a true adventure where I'm going through these crazy 
caverns with enemies everywhere, like trying to attack me from above, and had no mm-hmm. clue what to do. Whereas the second time I'm going through this area, I'm just like sniping them all and like, <laughs> like, like attacking them like I'm freaking Batman or something. Like uh-huh. it's insane. Like it's just crazy how many different ways you can play the game, and like knowing how the climbing mechanics work now and everything like when everything was new it was different and i think that goes to say about like a lot of video games like that first play experience is different than the second play experience yes oh absolutely i have no clue why i deleted my save to this day it was great (laughs) it's hilarious like once i did it i was thinking about i'm like you know i could have just like damn it's already gone (laughs) and there was no way to recover it either it was like i was like ah but it's it's ironic so right now my save is is pretty far back and I'll eventually go back and and keep playing it again. But the thing is, as we've mentioned throughout this cast so far, like there's so many new games out there that are great that I haven't, uh, honestly, like I haven't had time to go back, which is good. It's good and bad because I want to play it. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, it's just it's it's a good problem to have having so many amazing games I need to play. But like, yeah, it's Zelda (laughs) is just it's like the perfect game, like. Ah, oh, yeah. So, so what about you? What's your most played game? I still have one more that actually has more time on my Switch, but it wasn't for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, I so this came out digitally first, and then I didn't start playing it until it came out physically. And this was, I believe, January 2018, and that's Rocket League. I oh, never man. played it on another console. I never even watched one video of it. That's I crazy. just knew that. I just knew a lot of people talked about it, and I said, okay, it's physical. I got it. Let's try it out. And I got addicted. I mean, I started off just horrible, right? I've never played this game before. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand the controls. And so I started playing just against the computer. And I played through a, you know, a tournament, a season. I would lose some, win some. And then I got to the point where I was just winning. So I played it on normal, and I won against the computer. Then I started playing on hard, and it was a little challenging. But it was at that point where... I would honestly say like maybe 30, 40 hours already playing solo offline. My friend was like, oh, why don't we just play together? Uh, We'll just play against each other one-on-one. And he had played on the PS4, so he had hundreds of hours. And essentially, we would play, and he would kind of coach me. So he wouldn't play his hardest. He'd let me try out different moves. And then as I started to get better, he started to play more real and then that's you know so it's like an rpg right you play and the better you get the better your opponent gets and it got to the point where i was finally getting him to play almost to like the true level of where he is but at still at that point now so we're still like what 40 50 60 hours i've only played now the computer and against him and i finally decided to start doing ranked matches and to me that just opened up like a whole new world because i just got so addicted to it I mean, even now I have, I would say, over 230 hours. And this is just by playing five, 10 minute match, or, you know, a few five minute matches every night, every other night, just because I don't have that much time to sit down and play. And I'm like silver, level two, rank two, rank three. I mean, and I'm now just learning at like the 200 hour mark, I'm now learning how to maneuver in the air better than I was before. And, And I only play, and it's funny, I only play. 1v1 very occasionally i play with like other friends and we've done like three on three but for the most part i just play straight up one-on-one i play the traditional like soccer kind of matches because i know they have basketball they have hockey style so i'm just a very you know cut and dry kind of guy but i'm just so addicted to it and 
it's so fun. I mean, I don't. It's the game to me is just like one of the most fun games I've ever played. It's easily in my top three games, probably of all time, just because you know you have two kids, you work, you get tired at night, and I just don't have the energy to sit through an RPG and try and play the story. But five minute Rocket League matches are just amazing, and then five minute matches turn into like an hour of just playing. Exactly. So and to me, you end up playing more than you would have with the RPG. It, yep. But yet I, I'm so more pumped because I'm like, well, I don't have to read anything. I just got to drive really fast, hit the ball, blow up the other car, jump off the wall, fly through the air. And I mean, it's just it's so fun. I mean, I, I honestly could not recommend that game enough. I've I now own it multiple times because and this is where the crazy collector me comes out. They had the collector edition, right? So they had the first version of it come out. It had some DLC stuff. Then they had like the ultimate edition. And what's funny about that is that it had like an embossed cover, shiny cover, more DLC content. Then just randomly, they released that same edition with just a plain cover. So no like 3D kind of image artwork that pops out at you. So I bought that. But then in Italy, they had a true collector's edition in a big box with a little Rocket League ball, and inside the ball were two little cars. So you, you, you could play on the table with your friend. And I didn't even know this thing came out until somebody mentioned it to me, and I said, yep, I need that. So I owned the game physically four times, but honestly, they could release it, it every single month with one new DLC content on the cartridge, or even as a slip in the case, I would keep buying that game. I, I can't recommend that game enough. It's just so much fun, and... You don't need to be good at it. You just need to have a good time with it. Well, yeah, and I know I played it when it was originally released back in the day, and I just remember playing, and I can't remember what the normal default mode is. I mm-hmm. know there's multiple cars, though, but um, I always remember if I would floor it and hit the ball straight on, it would go in the goal, and I would have like, <laughs> 20 points, and... <laughs> It was like boring for a while. That's just first the computer. Um, and probably on normal, I would assume. Like yep. nothing super hard. But I was like, damn. So I, I would just keep doing that and keep going through the story mode and cause you level up too. So and you unlock stuff. Yep. So I would do that and I never got to the point where it started to get challenging because there's so much to unlock in the game. Um I I definitely have I got a copy of the I want to say the first release mm-hmm. for the Switch physically from a member on I think the Facebook group. So, mm-hmm. I gotta, so I have a copy. I haven't gotten the other versions yet, but I probably won't. But it was it's I haven't really played it on the Switch that much though. Maybe like a couple matches. But it, to me to me it's just it's so perfect. I play it handheld surprisingly like I I play my Switch 90 90% handheld just because you know, I'm always I play it at work at lunch or I'm playing it on the couch at home when you know somebody wants to watch the yeah. TV, but it's just perfect on handheld i mean the controls you know i have the joy cons just docked to the console and it's just it's just perfect the screen is you know it's just the right size the controls are just are are tight enough and i mean you could take it anywhere i won't say i play it in the bathroom but you could play it in the bathroom and that's that's a great great thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's um and the thing that i do a lot is when i'm sitting there playing in a handhold mode and i see where i'm have it in relation to my face and then I just uh-huh. hold it up to where my TV is and I'm like so if I'm sitting on my couch playing it it's about the same size of a screen uh-huh. right by where I'm at so that's where I have a pretty big damn TV I lost a bet with my wife on Thanksgiving <laughs> and I better that she couldn't find a 75 inch TV uh, 4k under a grand and she did and I was like damn 
So that being said, I got a 4K TV for my computer monitor right now, so that helps with book editing. Mm-hmm. It was a good gamble. Um, but that be, that's still like the switch is still the same size as my 75 inch TV for how far we have our couch back. So unless I'm going to sit really close to the TV, it's playing in handheld modes fine. And, uh, the only thing is, is that as a lot of people have mentioned is that it does have a little bit lower of a resolution in handheld mode than it does mm-hmm. in an, an actual TV mode. Um, I've never been much of a graphical um, wizard when it comes to like caring about like how crystal clear things are. Like when I play my retro games, I'm going to play it on a CRT, and mm-hmm. I'm okay just playing it with whatever stock it has. I have um, a PVM, so I have like one of the best CRTs, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't use upscalers or frame meisters or anything crazy. Like, right? Um, I'm an advocate of buying the new systems, though, like the AVS for the Nintendo, where it's a uh, HD perfectly emulated, but it's actually hardware. Um, mm-hmm. I like that kind of stuff too. So I do like playing things without lag and graphically, but I'm okay playing it in handheld mode on the Switch. So I completely understand. And and plus, then you can take it bedside and just play a couple matches right as you're going drifting off to sleep. Oh yeah, it's perfect. And you know, like I'm the same way. I've never been. You know, I don't need to have the best graphics. I just want to have a fun game. And with Rocket, I mean, I'll just take Rocket League. The graphics don't matter to me because when you're when you're zooming in that car and you've got five minutes to win, I mean the graphics are good for what they are on the handheld. I mean they're clear enough, and you know I know what the ball is, I know what the car is. It looks pretty, and I mean yeah, I put it on the TV and it looks even sharper. But honestly, to me the the graphics have always come secondary. Yeah, I want I want a fun game first, and then have the graphics as a bonus. And I think like. Anybody who's that kind of collector and game player is going to love the Switch in general because oh, yeah. there's a huge focus on indie games. Most of these games we're talking about with releases are, again, not quote-unquote current-gen graphics and all of that. Like That's not the type of gamers we are. Um, that's right. not the type of gamers a lot of Switch collectors are, and that's okay. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. But I still do enjoy my blockbuster games, like my yes. giant mega games on my <laughs> PS4 or the Xbox One. I enjoy yeah. that stuff, but I mean, I was playing Mortal Kombat 11 on PS4, um, yep. and I haven't played it on the Switch yet because I have it on the PS4 right now. But like, it's it's one of those things where it's super cool that they have it like that and i actually haven't taken my switch undocked and started to bring it to up to bed to go to sleep yet that's like Mm -hmm. my safe zone where i don't really have electronics (laughs) in the bedroom Mm -hmm. Um, my wife has since since i lost the bet and moved the tvs (laughs) she has now convinced me to move the extra excess tv into our bedroom which is where the (laughs) xbox one is now so it's kind of started to infect other sections <laughs> mm-hmm. um <laughs> which is fine but like it's it's classic um ran really interesting and so the final piece and what because I, I said i played breath of the wild and we did a, like a quick overview but the most played game on my system is minecraft <laughs> and the older version of minecraft because they released a newer version with an update but the original release, my daughter and I have been playing it. So there was just one day where she wanted to play it because she, <laughs> she, my daughter's seven and she watches a lot of YouTube kids and saw videos and she's like, can we play? And so we put it in creative mode and we're, it's like building Legos. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I finally get, after however many over 10 years Minecraft's been around, I finally get Minecraft. Because it's like Legos. And so we started, we created our own little house and everything. My daughter got addicted and literally played, like, I think she's put in 400, 500 hours into Minecraft. Oh, wow. It's insane. And so I'm like, because when the Switch finally was uh, had the update and you could sort by playtime, I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. It'll be Breath of the Wild. Nope. Both versions of Minecraft beat my time on Breath of the Wild. Wow. <laughs> like the version we don't play together like i was like holy cow and um those of you that are listening there is a switch parent app on the phone and that's how i used to track how many hours that i would play per month and and what my most played games are every month and all of that stuff so you could see like per day how many hours it's playing and all that, which was super fun to just see from a collector perspective and from a player perspective. But then the problem is when my daughter started playing and it was way different uh, checking. So you can see like every single one, like so Minecraft switch edition for the month of April had 20 days that it was played. Like, wow. <laughs> like dragon mark for death is like <laughs> not even close. Um, and yeah, Dragon Mark for Death is way down. And Minecraft, both versions of Minecraft destroyed it. Like, it's hilarious. I, I will say my my second most played game would be Tales of Vesperia, but I would say a close third now has to be Paw Patrol. Because I'm playing with my three-year-old son, and he absolutely loves that game. And I just know we've been putting so many hours into it because he, you know, he plays it by himself, or he has me play it, and then we replay levels together. But yeah, it's... It's fun when the kids play. <laughs> it's just funny. I'm like looking on my uh, the parent app right now, and usually it averages about an hour and a half on school days. Wow! Uh, and she goes and plays outside for hours too. By the way, um, that's good. But weekends are like, for example, Saturday was five hours and forty minutes that she played the the Switch. Wow! And that was. Four hours and forty five minutes on on Minecraft, or no, three hours and ten minutes on Minecraft. I played Saturday morning RPG for forty five minutes. Um, nice. I wanted to try it out. Um, they played. She played Mario Kart and Mario Party for an hour with babysitter because we went and watched um, Marvel um, Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. So she had a babysitter and they played some Switch while we were gone. Nice. Um, but yeah, since then though. Uh, she was being um, a little bit of a, a smart aleck on Sunday, so she's been grounded. So the Switch has had no playtime Tuesday and Wednesday because <laughs> we, we grounded her from electronics because that's her most wanted thing. So <laughs> And like so far, it's been three days grounded. Um, we'll see if it lasts again another day. It's you know, Parenting 101. You got to take Oh, I hear you. Yeah, it's classics, though. But yeah, the, the insane thing of like, minecraft just taking over my switch and she also it's what's really really crazy she also has it on we got a little cheap desktop computer and she has it on that she Mm -hmm. plays it on that too (laughs) this is just the switch time (laughs) she's grounded from all electronics though right now um but yeah so that I i would definitely say that puts a nice little bow on uh that section though so that would be our our game of the episode we're just talking a little bit of an overview um when we do the actual playcast, we'll go a little bit more in depth like how much of it we were able to play our reviews any listener thoughts and comments 
and whether mm-hmm. we recommend the game or not. Um, mm-hmm. But what we'll do is we'll start wrapping up the podcast. Um, we're getting almost two hours, so that's probably, oh, wow. probably a good time to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> so the um, the wrap-up section might take long, though. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. Because the thing is with the Switch Mania Playcast is we'll chat as it's fun. Um, Absolutely. So the the game that we're going to play for Episode 1, because this is Episode 0, Episode 1, we've already talked about it a little bit. Um, we're t- We're going to play Cuphead. Oh boy, <laughs> and I think uh, your idea, JP, of a podcast was a little bit different. I think you thought we were going to be like playing it live or something. I may have thought that. There's no way that we could have a good conversation and chat and everything while we're like sidetracked and playing games and stuff. So that's true. Yeah, it was. One you know, time, I never. Um, I've been doing video game bullshit, uh, VGBS gaming podcast for like five years now, and we used to have like guests hosts of the season and we had a female she does daria plays on youtube and she came on and was doing our bullshit homework with us which the playcast it's kind of like the playcast um but that's this is the focus of this podcast but she was be playing the game instead of playing it before and she would play it while we're talking about it and like basically wasn't paying attention <laughs> makes it way too hard um in the future we may do um like live do these live or something if people want us to we will just let us know um mm-hmm. and we can it's just that one of us is going to have to monitor a chat room yeah and there may be lag so we don't like lag too much either that's true so i i do now know why i have so many joy cons and pro controllers and apparently this is the game that's going to make me throw them all out the window <laughs> so it's going to be very interesting <laughs> it's going to be very interesting and um yeah, it gives us an excuse to actually fire up the game. Yeah, I'm actually, you know, this was one of the games where everybody's talking about it. Everybody was excited when it got announced on the Nindies Direct, and then it came out on the eShop. And honestly, it was one of the games that I was like, all right, when the physical comes, I'm going to play it. And now I have an excuse to download it, and I'm really excited because I've seen some videos, I've seen some friends play it. And, I mean, it's no doubt that it just looks absolutely amazing. But I, um, yeah. I know I'm going to be so bad at it, but I'm very excited to try it. And we're definitely going to talk about like all the nuances in depth. Um, oh yeah. Next, uh, next recording. Um, we're going to shoot for next week. Next recording. Um, and we're going to shoot for Wednesday nights when we record. So when we do a live stream, if y'all are available Wednesday nights, we'll do Wednesday nights. Um, mm-hmm. typically after our kids are in bed and all that. So <laughs> that's why we do a little bit later. <laughs> Um, but yeah, when we talked about the playcast, this was the first game you wanted to do, JP. So it's like, I have no problem doing some Cuphead. Um, awesome. And basically, like, if people really want us to, to play something, just let us know and we'll we'll add it to our rotation. I think we know what the next game is after this one, too, which we'll talk about after we record the next one. Um, mm-hmm. So right now, uh, after people hear this, like, start going, and let's, and we'll post this probably in the show notes as well, so you know what the next game is, uh, so that way you know which game that y'all should be playing with us. And we'll, uh, we'll post some, probably some posts in the Facebook group, um, and anywhere else. Maybe do a post on JP Switch Mania or on HagensAlley.com as well. Let people comment. Like, wherever mm-hmm. y'all comment is what we're going to use majority of the time. That's how I see we do it. Um, uh, what is going on with, um, I have on our show notes, uh, next conventions and projects. So we're going to be playing Cuphead. Um, what's going on? Is there anything coming up for you that you're going to be doing? 
Yeah, well, actually, one thing that you and I did that's going to be going online soon was at uh, Midwest Gaming Classic. You and I were actually interviewed by Hair of the Dogcast mm. podcast, and yeah. and I talked to Brad from them. And our interview is coming up very soon, which we'll all we'll share on our channels and whatnot. But it also, it was one of our early sneak peeks of talking about the Switch book, and just another way for our listeners to learn about us and about hair of the dog cast as well yeah those guys were were crazy and we were all they were having beers and drinking. oh yeah and, and like that was super super cool um mm-hmm. cool interview um on the subject of interviews um i've been in a couple movies um i was in the bits of yesterday which came out on blu-ray yeah. and it's on streaming and everything um so i was in that movie um, but a new movie that just came out, which I know I was interviewed for. I don't know. I haven't watched all the episodes yet. It's called Box Art. Oh, you were in that? And I was interviewed at Portland like a oh, few years awesome. ago for it. Um, I've gotten through a few of the episodes. I haven't seen anything yet from it. But I know that they're still doing rendering a couple more episodes. And, I mean, if anything, I may be in like the bonus scenes or something on a Blu-ray or something maybe. Because um, the thing that happens is you'll get interviewed for stuff. And then it may not make the final cut, which is fine. It's completely mm-hmm. fine because the and the the documentary itself is awesome. I've been watching. I watched the first four episodes um, so far, and it goes super in depth on the artwork. And a lot of the guys that they're interviewing are around and are gonna do future covers for some of my books. They've agreed to me because I've met them at conventions. And so, oh, that's like, awesome. Yeah, like. For example, the guy that did my Hidden Gaming Gems book did the cover art for Power Blade on the NES. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, so it's like, it's, um, the actual cover that I I have is a knight, and he used that to work on the style and the artistic aspects of the Heroes of Might and Magic series, and he did, um, a cover for that series. So that oh, wow. artwork was never used, and but it was drawn in 1992. <laughs> so like, awesome. my book cover for the Gaming Gems is a 90s cover, which is awesome. So, um, but there's certain people that he's interviewed that I've already been in talks with, and basically, when I get the right book that I'm going to release, they're going to do a cover for it. So, I mean, we may have one of them do artwork for one of the Switch Collector books in the future. Um, the thing is, though, is I know a lot of cool artists that I've met at conventions, like Rusty Shackles, who did Volume 1. Um, mm-hmm. And it's amazing art. I mean, we know Sarumaru, who did, he did artwork for my paperback Super Nintendo book, and that looks amazing. So mm-hmm. it's just, I will go with anybody who's passionate about video games. doesn't necessarily have to be one of the guys, but... This box art documentary gives you a true appreciation of what goes into, like, releasing a game. It's super cool. That's, That's awesome. going on. Um, I I, have... Yeah, I did back it, and I... I... <clears throat> yeah. Um, I was going to say, I did back the uh, that documentary, so I know the episodes are available. I have to just get some free time to watch them as well. Yeah, I have the Vimeo app. And he released the mm-hmm. backer versions via Vimeo so I can watch them. So that's pretty cool. Like, all the backers got a code oh, nice. or something, and you can watch them. And super mm-hmm. cool. 
Um, I do have some conventions coming up. Um, I don't think there's yeah, I like his work. I like his documentaries. Yeah, it's Rob McCollum. He also did the uh, Nintendo Quest, where they were trying to complete the entire NES license collection. And like, oh yeah, that was it was super fun to watch. Um, uh-huh. I was I was pretty brutal on it when I did my review because they didn't cover Flintstones too. Um, they mm-hmm. didn't count that, and I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they did a little bit of uh, narrative work with that but um that being said it's still fun fun oh yeah video to watch um so for conventions um i have some coming up but it's more like later summer um, i'm going to be going to classic game fest in austin texas um also going to let's play um or i might be going to game on in arizona um you know as i'm on john game straighty one lester's channel he runs game on so it's like i want to go and support him but i also am buddies with christian Dietering, who runs let's play in texas mm-hmm. so i promised him that i would go now they ended up being on the same exact weekend oh so it's like damn i've promised two people you know that i would go to their conventions and i went to game on last year so i was like well i'm gonna try to go to let's play this year because uh, game on is in arizona it costs money so mm-hmm. i'm gonna try to go to that one um there's some local conventions and stuff here that i i will probably end up going to and doing book signings and all that um and i have you know four books still in stock that i can that i still bring with me to conventions mm-hmm. and as people reach out to me they tell me like oh they want right now the biggest request i get daily is the uh complete nes people want Yep. copies and it's been out of stock for a while i need to do another reprint um as i mentioned that my like style has evolved so the problem is is that if i redo it i don't just want to simply do a reprint i want to overhaul everything and that's a problem when i'm working on three other books because <laughs> <laughs> you know right now so we're working on the switch collector book but i also have the super nintendo paperback that's literally on a freighter coming to me that I have to have to ship out um, along with all the collector aspects for that book. Oh, wow. I have the virtual boy book that I did as an April fool's joke and it got funded. And so <laughs> I am writing the virtual boy reviews. I also last weekend finished the formatting for all of the entire virtual boy book while I was working on the switch collector parts. Um, so that's in the works as well. And then I also am working on a, a book that I've, it's been in the works for about two to three years for Walter Day. I'm doing a Walter mm-hmm. Day book on his first year of cards. And so that actually is going to launch not on my Kickstarter, but on, I have a co-author, um, Todd Friedman, that I'm working with. He's he's the card collector. He has every single Walter Day card. And wow. So he's we're going to launch that on his kickstarter i think like in the in another week we're gonna launch it on his kickstarter and it's going to be um in conjunction with walter day's 70th birthday oh very nice and they're doing a whole they're doing a whole card presentation the artwork for that book was done by dan tearley or i'm probably saying his last name wrong but he um is one of the artists who actually he is the artist that has been doing the current tops Star Wars cards, like the really crazy oh. paintings. 
Mm-hmm. So it's a painting of Walter. That's the cover of that book. It looks awesome. Oh, and nice. like he did it for Walter. Like this, this whole book I'm doing for Walter. I'm publishing it, but I'm giving the, all the books to Walter. Like I'm taking nothing from that book because he's helped me. He's helped everybody in the gaming community. So mm-hmm. literally doing that one for him. I've been working out on the side for many years. So it's been done. It's ready to to be published. So that'll be a second one though that I could get published and shipped out though, which will be fun. <laughs> So I'm working on, I have four little projects all at the same time. So there's no way that I could go to the complete NES and justify doing it right. And that's the problem with myself right. is I do this as, I do the books as a hobby. I work a full-time job just like you do. And the problem is I want to do mm-hmm. the best possible books you know, for history. And so like it's, when the complete NES comes back out, it's going to blow people away. It's still going to use the same cover because the cover is iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one thing right before I think it was right before the Midwest Gaming Classic somebody actually posted they got my cover tattooed on them the cover of the sw- of the complete NES they have a tattoo on their arm of it <laughs> wow so that's like another <laughs> tier of, of insanity like <laughs> yeah one of my book covers is tattooed and the thing is the, the guy blowing into the Nintendo cartridge making all the NES characters come out on the complete NES is supposed to be me <laughs> they got me tattooed on them. It's, it's You're immortalized. Immortalized. Somebody, someday, somebody will get the Switch Mania Playcast with our faces tattooed on oh, their ass. Oh boy! Tattooed oh god! On their ass, one on each ass. Jake, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in the, in the picture, I'm winking, so that'll help. <laughs> Winky Hagen on your ass. What <laughs> does? It's super. Uh, it's super fun just um, making things, and also like to me, it's doing something, especially with the books that doesn't really exist. Like, sure, the internet's out there, but mm-hmm. for example, the question that I asked you at before we went to Metal's Gaming, I'm like, so what games can we play that uses multiple switches, and we right. can play multiplayer? And we're like, well, shit, there's really no list, so that's got to be in the Switch Collector book. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've been talking about is we're going to do icons, like kind of similar to what they have on the back of the bo- the game boxes, but we're going to have like a graphic artist buddy that you know that she actually did the um, Switch Collector logo. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to have her do like a single player, a couch co-op, a head-to-head Switch versus, and then an online icon so we'll just put the icons in each one and if it has that highlight that means all right so now you can do coach co couch co-op now you can do switch head-to-head if it's highlighted right and i think that'll be really cool to do just add that to the um to the book it'll just give it one extra layer of depth that people will appreciate and some people may not even notice it and that's the irony is some of the stuff that i do only a few people pick up on it and then appreciate. Like I do a lot mm-hmm. of like under the the radar things with my books, and it's gonna be cool. I'm still gonna have the classic check marks on the uh, the spreads when it comes to the the physical releases because some people like them. Some people are like, I'm never gonna write in my books. I use stamp- <laughs> I use stamps, um, but instead of doing um, Carpox manual like I've done like for the complete NES, it's Owned, played, beaten, and then rating. Mm-hmm. So that way it's like, all right, so not only do we need to collect it, 
But it's also like, all right, so you've played it. Cool. And you've beaten it. Okay. So played it means you got to open it. You got to put it in yep. to play it. And then beat it means you've actually beaten the game. Now, that level is up to the person. So if you beaten it means I have to complete it like the completionist, you got to beat everything, then cool. That's your way you're going to mark it. And it's just simply seeing the ending, then there you go. And then your rating, like, and whatever your rating scale is. So if you rate on a percentage or you rate on letters, um, like, I like to do uh, letters. But, and we'll, we'll establish some kind of consistency for future episodes, like how we want to recommend it or not. Like, it might just be a thumbs up, thumbs down. It might be, uh, I mean, Cuphead's probably going to get thumbs up because it's... Mm-hmm. It's a classic game, so it might be cool to just give it a grade, like, hey, it's so hard, blah, 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 maybe it's a B game, or maybe it's an A-plus game. Or... Problem is, we don't want to just rave about everything, either. <laughs> right. But that's where I leave it open to the, the reader, if they want to, you know, add that to their to their books. And, you know, if everybody wants it, like, we might be able to do it as a stretch goal. We can maybe have stickers. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, check it, it, reminds, it reminds me of the uh, Pokemon Red and Blue guide that had the stickers for each of the Pokemon. Yep. Uh, that's cool. Exactly. So, I mean, there's a million aspects, and I think doing that, though, is going to be super fun with the with the books. A lot of them. Um, I have a lot of different, lot of different projects, obviously. And, I mean, the thing is, though, is that They'll come out when they come out. Um, once mm-hmm. I take them to Kickstarter, they're typically done and written. So that being said, the Switch Collector will be done and written before we take it to Kickstarter. Um, mm-hmm. Now, one thing I didn't mention that is always a part of all my Kickstarters is there will be a contributor tier. So just like we'll read your comments here, like there'll be an opportunity for you to share your Switch stories or write about your favorite games and all that too. Um, depending on how many we get, there may be a contributor section, um, kind of like what I did in um, certain uh, book releases that I've done, like the complete SNES definitive. It ended up going in the back uh, with all the different Super Nintendo releases because that the sections were already formatted. There was really no spot for it in the purview of that book. The Hidden Gaming Gems, they got their own reviews of mm-hmm. Hidden Gaming Gems in the book. Um, with the Switch book, because I'm doing full pagers... Um, and multi-pagers, they may get their own spread. I mean, who knows? It depends on how many we get, how big the book is. Because um, in all reality, we can go up to 500 pages. <laughs> wow. Oh, we can. Oh, we can. And <laughs> it's going to be uh, interesting for sure. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, go ahead and finally wrap up things. Um so the, the main thing is, is obviously we talked about where to find us, uh, you know, HagensAlley.com, JPSwitchmania.com. Um, but also, I know I'm available on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, all that stuff. I'm on everywhere there. Most of that I'm on is Hagen's Alley. So you can typically find me. Um, if you link to, if you friend me on Facebook or whatever, I do have my switch linked to my Facebook profile. So that way you can find me on my switch like that. Cause I don't like sharing the damn friend code, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so I know you, you also have a presence social media, right? Yeah. I, I spend a little bit of time on Twitter. A little bit. Like a little bit all day long. All day long. 
all night. Like like in all reality, the problem with us doing the the Switch uh, Mania playcast is now he's gonna have to go back for the last two hours and figure out what he missed. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the classics, but in reality, though the the goal of the episodes is to keep them around an hour. This one's gonna be two hours, fifteen minutes or so. Um, that's Oof. cool. That's cool. Um, and we will, but we'll just go with the flow. This was an intro. Episode zero, per se. Make it super fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was. I had fun. Absolutely. And so, everybody, thank you for listening. If you got all the way to the end, we appreciate you listening. Hit us up. Um, However y'all communicate with us, that's what we're going to use majorly when we um, you do the listener feedback for the next episode. So Mm -hmm. be sure to communicate, though, because we look forward to hearing from you. And let's uh, let's hope that we can uh, beat Cuphead in the next week. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, see y'all later. Bye.